My Family Thinks I'm Crazy, a podcast where I, your host, try to give you some tips on how you can explain all this weird, wild, crazy conspiracy stuff to the people you love most, because that's what I've been trying to do for the past 10 years with no success. I've been telling everybody that our government is shady, but every time I do, my family thinks I'm crazy. Like, oh, here we go, Mark. Off again with your... Mark being Mark again. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's the thing about podcasts is when you're on the air, it's like therapy, you know? If I can't talk to my family about this stuff, I'll talk to you, Matt, and all our listeners. Yeah. So who are we talking about today, Matt? psychological warfare. I don't blame you. Tis the nature of it. In the 21st century, depravity is encouraged while materialism is idolized. And a priest class of scientists has stepped forward to take away all of society's ills once again. I'm not buying it. And neither is today's guest who has his finger on the pulse of what really matters. And I know we like to take a lot of dives and zigs and zags on this podcast. Sometimes we talk about light subjects. Sometimes we get right down to the heart of the matter. And James from We The People Radio is the best man for the job, in my opinion. Not only has he been here before, but episode 19 of We The People Radio was probably the second or third podcast I'd ever been on. So me and James go way back. He and I share a lot of things in common we come from similar areas similar backgrounds and james is far more on top of it when it comes to like i said what really matters he is a patriot through and through so please enjoy this conversation with james from we the people radio i'm your host mystic mark and thank you for being here on the my family thinks i'm crazy podcast Dr. Peter McCullough is one of the most published doctors of all time. He has more publications and peer-reviewed journals than anybody else. And I've been saying the same things that he's been saying for two plus years, but because I don't have a couple alphabet letters in front or after my name, uh, James, you don't know anything. You, you didn't go to school for doctor. I'm like, and this is what I said to him. I'm like, yo, like I've been saying the same stuff that you guys are. And no one believes me because I'm just some guy. But you guys say it and people listen because you have you have the proper credentials. But it's refreshing to see that I'm not crazy. Started, ladies and gentlemen, we are here rolling into the conversation way past our said start time. But that's cool because it's just two friends reconnected, reunited. For folks who don't know, this is my buddy James. He had me on way back when, almost a year plus ago now, I think maybe about a year from now. It was episode 19 of We The People Radio. Then I had you back on for my 
episode 51 of My Family Thinks I'm Crazy. Here we are, third time, brother. How you been? What's been going on since? Oh, man, it's been a wild ride, man. It's, you know, the, the country's falling apart. We're fighting this to, to save it, and, you know, the fight goes on. A lot going on, and it's been, it's been a wild ride since I've last been on here, dude. Thanks for having me on, as always. It's, it's, it's a pleasure to be on your show. I remember when you, you were just starting this show when we had you on, dude. Literally, right. just, like, literally just came up the name, my family thinks I'm crazy. And, and I probably broke the I probably broke the news and everything on why I named it that and like because it was all so fresh in my mind right like the just everything that happened that year felt and I hate talking about it now because a lot of people's years really like sucked and like my year this past year kind of sucked in a lot of ways but in that flip side the the silver lining if you will things have been really awesome you know as far as podcasts are concerned but i'm not immune to what's been going on in the outside world which is why it's refreshing to have you here because i know what we're going to get into it's a lot of what i've been thinking about and not a lot of what but i've what i've been talking about on the show because i try to keep it uh a certain energy a certain vibe and and we haven't talked much about covid we've been exploring things like tartaria and sorcery oh, and those are fun. tartaria that's a fun rabbit hole i'm sure we'll get into it i want to know what you think about that whole subject but yeah man a lot a lot has definitely changed and you know tell us a little bit about your show and where you're at with your show cuz you know like you said my show's grown a lot but so have your so is yours so tell us a little bit about we the people radio you can find us at WPRUSA.com. Um, we're on all major podcast platforms except for Spotify. They took us off. Bunch of cucks. YouTube took us down as well. So we're on Rumble. If you want to see this this ugly, you can come over to Rumble and check us out over there. But we've been traveling, doing some events, getting some great interviews with some great patriots, a lot of doctors, giving people actionable steps uh, on how to get involved. Because I think right now getting involved in your local communities is so important. You see what they're doing to our kids in the school system. You see all of these restrictions and mandates that are happening. We can all flip that around by getting involved locally, which is something that we've, you know, passed the buck on for a long time, you know, and we've been giving people actual steps, you know, on how to get, get, get healthy with ivermectin and HCQ, where to get it from. Cause they banned it from everywhere. We've been doing a lot of really cool stuff, talking to some amazing, amazing people. And we're very, very blessed, man. It's, it's been it's been a while. We had Dr. Peter McCullough on who was just on Joe Rogan. I saw that, uh, man. Before yeah, man. Joe Rogan had him on. Yeah. Yeah, before <laughs> it came out, it came out the day after his interview. But we had him on that Saturday before in well, when we were in Dallas. And he was saying it's it's wild, man, because we've been talking to these people. We we talk to these doctors that are extremely educated and are, you know, Dr. Peter McCullough is one of the most published doctors of all time. He has more publications and peer reviewed journals than anybody else. And I've been saying the same things that he's been saying for two plus years, but because I don't have a couple alphabet letters in front or after my name, uh, James, you don't know anything. You, you didn't go to school for doc. I'm, and this is what I said to him. I'm like, yo, like I've been saying the same stuff that you guys are and no one believes me because I'm just some guy, but you guys say it and people listen because you have, you have the proper credentials but it's refreshing to see that I'm not crazy. <laughs> like actual real doctors who are very well educated are, are saying the same things that I've been saying. And these are the, you know, the, the, the sources that I go to, I go to people like this that actually look at the science and look at the evidence and look at what's going on. Right. So it's, it's wild to see. And it's pretty fun to know that you get to make an impact and get this information out to thousands and thousands of people all over the world. Cause that's, what's most important. 
excuse me, message over messenger. Like it doesn't matter if it's coming from me or anybody else, but the message is the most important thing. And the fact that we're able to get Dr. Peter McCullough's message out or Dr. Stella Emanuel, or, you know, people like the Maceroses who are getting sued by the federal government or the Ku Klux Klan law, you know, we get their message out and able to help them and get people to donate, donate to help their cause. They're getting sued for $250,000 for exercising their first amendment. Right. It's, it's wild. And they're and, doing that under the, the Ku Klux Klan law. Can you explain that a little bit more? So, Remember during 2020 campaigning, the Biden bus was in Texas. Remember that? Mm -hmm. And a bunch of Trump supporters showed up in Texas and they drove, they had a bunch of Trump flags and they drove around the bus. And then there was videos of the bus trying to run them off the road. Remember those videos? I have not, I have not seen them, but I thought I I heard talk of this. I remember this time. Yeah. A bunch of Trump supporters showed up and following the, they were just surrounding the Biden bus with all Trump flags and Trump trucks. And there's literal videos of, of the bus trying to push the trucks off the road. The trucks are just exercising their first First Amendment right, freedom of speech. There's no, no law. They're not breaking any law by driving their trucks with Trump flags next to the Biden bus. There's no laws against that. You know what I'm saying? So they're getting sued under the Ku Klux Klan law, which was a law. I forget exactly how it's broken down, but it was a law that the Democrats used against Republicans during the civil rights era when, or the slavery era. Cause remember that the, the Republican party was created as an anti-slavery party and they were actually hanging Republicans who supported the North and the North's cause. So they created the Ku Klux Klan law for the KKK, which hasn't been used in forever. Well, and it's, you know, double the irony considering that Joe Biden gave a eulogy for a KKK recruiter, Robert Byrd, some time ago. So he's definitely, you know, this isn't his first time being a, a major he's an hypocrite. Cyclops. He's an exalted Cyclops in the KKK. Like yeah. it's, it's fucking, there's, he's wow. seen kissing him like wild, wild stuff, dude. Wow. Uh, but they're getting sued for 250 grand and they came on our show and, our audience just is absolutely amazing. And they sent them some, some donations to their gifts and go account. And uh, she's just so thankful for that. And the fact that we're able to make an impact on those kinds of things and the people that are rotting in jail for, from January 6th, like that's, that's way bigger than any of this. Like there's Americans that are being held prisoner and they're political prisoners. And if we can't help our fellow Americans, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? Right, and you see the the people taking the most direct action often face the biggest obstacles from the federal government because the federal government is not about we the people. And I got to give you kudos, brother, because it's ultra inspiring seeing everything that you're doing, all the people that you've connected with, and some that you've connected me with. Megan Cush is, is someone who... I, she's a, you know, got connected with through you. She's amazing. She's a warrior. She's stood up for cannabis and to bring back up McCullough. There we go again. You know, it's like, yeah, they were, you know, it's the same story that they said with cannabis where it was demonized for decades. People like Megan Cush were fighting against that. And then now, you know, a couple decades go by since legalization in Colorado and everybody's, you know, bending over backwards for legal cannabis. Like it's, you know, and it's no big deal. And I'm just like, wow, okay, guys like us, what is it about us? We're just seeing it coming. I don't know. We're not afraid to break the rules. That's for sure. (laughs) I got my house raided for cannabis for four ounces of weed. Like it's crazy. Damn. When did that happen? What year was that? 
was 21. So it was like a long time ago, yeah. 13 years ago. Wow. But I was a kid and I had four ounces. I was, it was crazy. dude. My best friend, it was a disaster. CI, it was crazy. But I, I got arrested for fucking weed. Now it's legal everywhere in the state of New Jersey as well. It's legal in the state I got arrested in. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's wild to see. And like, we might be getting media passes to CPAC and they don't like us conspiracy people at CPAC. They don't like us over there and they especially don't like marijuana smokers. So we're going to, we're going to go and we're going to ask some questions. We're going to talk about some things that they may, may not know the answers to because it's very easy to see how ignorant people are to certain information, especially when it comes to cannabis. It's all just lack of knowledge. Um, that's, that's the only reason people don't understand the plant. If you don't want to smoke it because you don't want to smoke it, that's a different thing. But to sit here and say it's bad for people and to spew all this propaganda is nonsense. There's way too much evidence. There's way too many testimonials. There's way too many things that this plant proves are, and we have a system in our body to receive this plant. Maybe smoking isn't the best, the best way to consume this, this medicine. Inhaling hot smoke is definitely not a good idea, but that doesn't change the fact that, this there there is benefits to this in moderation you can always overdo it but to sit here and say it's bad for you or to spew any of the propaganda that people have been spewing for how many decades because people still repeat those things the gateway drug you know you're lazy you're not doing anything like the majority of the country smokes weed like you're telling me the majority of the country is just lazy bums like no no For years, I smoked weed every day at work, and it made me more productive. And you know, I, I I'm surprised. I mean, I shouldn't I shouldn't not expect it from a boomer, but a boomer friend of mine, you know, basically said, "Oh, you should stop smoking weed because there's this insinuation that I forgot something." And I'm just like, "What? You know, like, dude, give me a break here. Like, what year are we in right now? You know, like, and that's a big part of what I want to show people with this show is that as crazy as I am." pretty smart too and 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 even though i smoke a lot of weed it doesn't mean that i can't do something with my life because that was a big stigma that hit me for you know from 17 to maybe even till now 27 i mean for the past 10 years that stigma has been a big thing on my mind as far as you know just i don't know proving people wrong luckily i was never wrapped up in the law i got pulled over plenty of times but never had enough weed on me to, to be anything worth a cop pulling me over and taking me in. But yeah, man, it's, it's, it's definitely weird to see the, the people that once stigmatized it now are like, Oh yeah, pot's cool. Like, you know, people in my family who used to like, give me a weird look for coming home, smelling like pot who are now like, you know, driving up to mass to buy edibles and stuff. It's like, Oh, okay. I see what it is. You guys are just obedient you know you'll do you'll do anything it's just really about whether or not you know you're allowed to you know oh a thousand percent and look at you can see it in the agenda today it's like people know that the masks don't work but they still wear them why because they feel like they have to they don't want to be anybody confront them or they don't want to get weird looks because i'll tell you right now i go to places i do not wear a mask people give me no one says anything anymore because i know they, they 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 all know it doesn't work but they give me weird looks. They get like, people don't like that. People don't feel comfortable going out and doing that because they look different. It, it's a common human instinct to, to fit in 
to 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 not stand out. Right. You go to a place you're not wearing a mask, which I I don't fucking wear one. Refuse to. Everybody's looking at you. They're like, oh, this guy, no mask. Right. Oh. And I almost want to go on the headset and the speaker, like oh, over the over the store. Hey, everybody, you take you. We, we know these don't work. Like, what are we doing here? Like, why are we still playing this game? Like the first time around, people yelled at me. Now no one says anything because they know it doesn't work. I remember yelling right back. I mean, plenty of times getting kicked out of places and causing a scene, telling people, and and it just you know it was probably the wrong move in hindsight because all it does is re-incentivize that instinct to go with the crowd, go with the herd, and you know when you make yourself the sort of black sheep in that situation. You know, those people, they're just more grateful to be a part of the herd and not making a scene because that's really what it's about. They don't want to stand out. Unfortunately for me, being six foot eight, I've always stood out. I couldn't really help that. Yeah, I'm very tall. So you're six six foot eight, dude. I I could be, everyone says I could be a ball player. So yeah, that's, that's, I get that all the time. Did not expect that six foot eight. Holy shit. Yeah. So I stand out, you know, and I'm, so I'm not afraid. I do the same thing. I don't wear a mask. You're a traditional hippie, too. Like you just, you know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) you're, you and Megan are two, two, two bees from the same pot, dude. (laughs) Well, and that's, that's the thing. It's even, more hurtful when you go to a place like a, a health food store and they're the worst. They're the ones who are still holding on to the mask mandates. You know, it's like stop and shop and all that. They at least have it where, you know, it's half and half, you know, half the people are wearing it and half the people aren't. But you go to some of the health food stores and everybody's wearing a mask. You'd think that would be the place where they stood up against it first. Everybody, dude, it's it's crazy. I read something earlier. I'm trying to find it, see if I retweeted it. But it was basically like when I went to college and I was a liberal, like I was very against big pharma. I was very, you know, I was I was very against putting random things into my body. Like these are things that I fought against. And now that I'm fighting against them, I'm now considered alt right. And I'm like a, a, a terrorist. Right. I, re- uh, I mean, I think we talked about this the first time you were here on the show where, you know, uh, a lot of us came into this conspiracy theory culture through the anti, you know, narrative against 9-11, you know, and the. Oh, yeah. The, I just put out a post the other day about Bush. Yeah. And the, and we were all considered, you know, anti-establishment, neo, you know, liberal, bleeding heart liberals. My grandfather used to call me as he watched Fox News because I told him that the Pentagon was full of evil lizard people. And and, you know, now me and him have a lot in common because we're like, oh, yeah, Trump actually did do a lot. Of really interesting things to to help the country and and you know I'm sure that's a whole nother topic that we we did get into already so let's not but you get my point it's it's like you know this shift and really I think Chris Knoll said it best recently on the show where everybody's a conspiracy theorist now you know whether you believe that Trump is the worst and RussiaGate was real. And, and the insurrection was equal to 9-11 or you're, a, you know, an alt-right conspiracy theorist who, you know, maybe knows some things. But I, I don't know. A lot of us definitely got carried away with the Q stuff, myself included. And I think that was a part of the, the oh, two no. two wings of the same bird. But, you know, I'm sure I, you have your own thoughts on that. I don't want to speak for you. I disagree. Tell me why. I disagree. I think a lot of people got carried away and I was very outspoken about the people that were getting carried away about like the JFK junior theory and like all these ridiculous. Cause when you actually look at anybody who tries to say, Oh, cues this, cues that cues a sob, cues a LARP. 
you ask them, okay, first you ask them where to find the drops. Cause most people have never read the drops. Most 99% of people have never actually sat down and read the almost 5,000 drops. I've read them multiple times. Okay. Not just that. Anytime someone says and tries to disprove Q, they're like, oh, Q said this was going to happen. This Q said that that was going to happen. And in fact, none of the things that they say, like January 6th, the 20th, Q never said any of them. Never said any of them. It's all make-believe from people that are trying to interpret the drops themselves. And my personal belief and shift in what Q actually was, it was a PSYOP, 100%, but it was a PSYOP for the good guys because they work both ways. It was a PSYOP for the good guys. And me personally, I think Q is done. I don't think we're going to see another drop from Q. I think Q served its purpose. And what Q's purpose, in my opinion, was to teach thousands, if not millions of people had to disseminate information and read through all the lies and the bullshit and point out the things that are going on. Because 20 years ago, it was just me and you and just a couple random people. No, you were always the crazy conspiracy friend. Like you were saying with your, 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 your uncle, your grandfather, same thing. I was always the crazy. Consp- I literally told my father when I was nine, I was like, dad, I'm going to bail to Costa Rica at some point. Cause they're going to send us to FEMA camps and force vaccinators. Like this is 13, 14 years ago, 15 years ago, I'm saying this. And, and I was the crazy person and it's so wild to me. Because now it's almost the cool thing to be the conspiracy theorist. Everybody is sharing this information. In my opinion, Q is very cryptic because it taught people to think for themselves, to research for themselves, to look into the things that are being said to try to discover what's really going on. Because that's what people did. They started researching. A lot of the information was things that we've, many conspiracy theorists have already been, like I've known about Epstein since 2005. Like it's, it's not something that, it was, you know, not out in the open. You look, you research these secret societies and what these people are into. You find the pedophilia pretty quickly. And I think it taught all these people. It turned, it turned us into a digital army because again, 20 years ago with no social media, things that are going on, it's just the mainstream media's point of view. Now we're all sharing it. Millions of people all over the world are sharing this information. You think people are going to be filming, boarding up the windows if there wasn't, Things going on there. People weren't ready for this kind of stuff. They knew it was going to be rigged. Like all these things are happening. It's really wild, but I don't think it was there because no one even covered the Epstein stuff. Who covered it? We did. It was all, all the people on the internet, the digital soldiers that were sharing the information. It wasn't the mainstream media. They didn't give you anything. And when they did, they commented on what was being said on the internet. If anything, I mean, exactly. Right. So, so it's a double-edged sword because there is a lot of people who get carried away with their theories and things that they think is going on. But in, 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 in reality, in reality, those are all things that Q has never said. Mm. I read a, a really good post. I got to find it. I was going to, you know, ask you if we can get into your thoughts on January 6th. And I'm, I'm interested to hear, you know, like you said, Q wasn't behind it. There's no Q drops that explicitly mention January 6th, nor was it like ever recruited like, hey, everybody go there on January 6th. So actually the opposite, though, there's there's evidence that the feds tried to recruit people mm. for January 6th. Right. So my that's, and, that's, and that's exactly where I was hoping we can get into because I heard a little bit about Jeremy Brown and it's very unfortunate to hear that he's in prison locked up right now a political prisoner add another to the list there's been hundreds and 
possibly thousands over the past, you know, the the whole length of our country. I mean, really, but if we're going to look at the microcosm, I mean, things really started snowballing with the Patriot Act, like we said, with the whole 9-11 and everything like that. But, you know, fast forward to, to January 6th, and, and if you have this post, of course, we could touch on that first. Well, to touch on January 6th, I mean, it's clearly, well, it's obvious at this point that it was set up. Were good good people caught up in a bad situation? Sure. Did they make stupid decisions? Sure. But if you watch the actual footage that's released, they're walking through the velvet ropes, dude. Like there's no nothing was destroyed except for a few windows, but you could see they were clear agitators. Like they were prepared for it. the windows. I mean, they're handing things from inside, outside, like bats and stuff. And you you hear Jeremy Brown's story, and you see. It's all rigged. It was all set up. Jeremy Brown was a Green Beret in our military, sergeant in the Green Beret. So he's like Rambo, dude. Served over in Afghanistan. You know, he did a lot of counterintelligence. Like, that's what he did. And he got a call from the FBI before January, before January to, and the FBI was like, hey, listen. And he recorded the whole thing, recorded the whole thing, because he knows how it works. He, that's what he did in the military. So he recorded the whole thing. The FBI wanted him to infiltrate the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers prior to this event. Why do you think he wanted them, wanted him in there to infiltrate? As soon as he walks into those organizations, he automatically holds clout. He has credentials. He's a Green Beret. People are going to listen to him and, and listen to what he has to say. He'd be a great insider for the FBI. And he recorded it and put out all these recordings. <laughs> he gave them out. He blew the whistle on it. And he went down to January 6th and he was nowhere near the Capitol building. Never went inside. Thought he was doing security for the, for the perimeter, I believe. And never was never stepped foot in the actual building. Not even close. He was arrested on a trespassing charge. He was denied bail, denied bail twice, twice on a trespassing charge on a trespassing charge after they arrested him they raided his house for over five hours on a trespassing charge he's sitting in jail in federal prison in florida on a trespassing charge and they wanted him to infiltrate these organizations we know about ray epps we see jonathan sullivan who is a Big Black Lives Matter, the video of him and the CNN anchor, who's like, I can't believe we did it. Did you see those videos? Remind me of who this guy is. I'm, I'm thinking of the guy at the horns and, and the whole getup. I, I remember oh, the that Q guy. Sean? Yeah. The Q Sean? No, but take us into because I'm not familiar with the names of the oh, people John, who were there. No. Jonathan, Jonathan Sullivan is a very, he's like a leader in Black Lives Matter. Like he does a lot of speaking for Black Lives Matter. He was actually an ice skater for the Olympics. And he went inside to the Capitol filming with a, either a producer or somebody involved with CNN. I forget her name holding up his camera. And he's like, I can't believe we did this. And she's like, he's like, is that camera rolling? And she's, he's like, yeah, but it'll never get out. And like, he's a big BLM guy. He's like, I can't believe we got this to happen. Like it was definitely the FBI was heavily involved. It was definitely a setup. There's a reason why Donald Trump delayed his speech for over an hour because he knew that was going to happen. So it took people, he was over a mile away from where the Capitol building was, where he spoke. So it took people a little bit to walk over there. The Capitol is already being way, uh, happening. The raid was already happening. Police officers seen 
waving people in. Like I'm at like that video. You remember that video of the the one the one police officer and like, there's a bunch of people standing in a doorway and he's running away and he's running up the stairs and there's a guy filming the whole thing just like walking up the stairs backwards. Like who's filming that? Like that's a, that's so staged. <laughs> like come on, like the camera guy. If that was really a threat for people's lives, the camera guy would be hightailing it out of there and going up to the top and be like, all right, I got a little footage. Let's run away a little further. Like he was just like walking up the stairs backwards like nothing was going on it was a joke right and it was all this frame because now it's impossible to do anything it's impossible to to, to protest or, or come together without being called a domestic terrorist or having anything to make it to accomplish anything like it's it's crazy it's very difficult and they use january 6th in a, in a great way for their narrative you know did people make stupid decisions yeah absolutely they they should have they should have made a better decision and realized this is a dumb idea but at the same time at the same at the same time they stole our election like we we can't forget about that the whole reason why people were there on january 6th is because they stole the election they, they, like if you steal an election you steal a country a republic is lost. If you steal an election, our, our, our republic is lost. And look at what we're dealing with. Look at the guy in office right now. Look at what's going on in our country. Inflation through the roof. Gas prices through the roof. Our borders collapsing. Our military industrial complex is destroying everything and po- literally killing Americans. Look what's about to happen in Ukraine. Joe Biden just said, oh, we're not going to be able to pull out American citizens out of Ukraine. Like, they're fucked if there's a war over there. Like, look at where we're at right now. If they didn't steal the election, we would not be there. And this is what I say to people. I'm like, it's almost like this happened on purpose. Because I would say it it all does. Think about this, though. Think about this. If Donald Trump had won, which we all believe he won, but if he got in office like he should have, none of these things would be happening. None of them. There would be no inflation and gas costs because we were oil self-sufficient. Our oil was so, it was, we were net negative on our oil costs. Like our oil was like, it was cheaper than it actually was to make. We had so much oil. The Afghanistan situation, Donald Trump had a plan. Obviously it was not to pull out the military before the civilians. That wouldn't have happened. The border crisis, Donald Trump already had a very good border plan going. The wall would have been finished. We wouldn't see the border crisis, the shipping container. That wouldn't be happening. All these things that are happening right now are waking people up. Mark, we've been doing this for years, dude. How often do you tell people all these things are happening, showing them the evidence like, hey, here's Dr. Fauci's emails. Here's in the emails. He's putting AIDS in the fucking thing here. You know, here's the emails. Here's his videos of him torturing the dogs like this is this is real. And you show them and they just don't care. Until it directly affects them. Guess what directly affects them? The gas costs. The the cost for goods. Like going to buy groceries is a million dollars now. That directly affects them. The border crisis. Everybody was so upset at the border. Now it's a clear disaster. Right. And you see all of these tactics happen, you know, and not just with Biden, but with, you know, Obama and even Bush had some of these tactics where they push people to think like, all right, there are all these problems and we're going to fix them. And here are the solutions. And the solutions just leave us with more problems. And, you know, I know well, 
Go ahead. I think that when people are, are realize how corrupt everything is, it has to has to happen organically. It has to directly affect them. This is why I think it it, it may be happening on purpose because these things are waking people up at record numbers every single day. People are like, "Yo, what is going on?" Like, this is crazy. Like, these guys, what is happening? Like, do you see what they're doing to the M&Ms, dude? Like, they're, they're, now, they're now making them gender neutral, and they're getting rid of, like, all the lips and everything. Like, the M&Ms, the M&M character. Wow. This, this is crazy. This is where they we're weren't at. already, like, totally unanthropomorphized they're, they're to begin M&Ms. with. They're M&Ms, dude. Yeah. Like, this is where we're at. Peak level clown world, dude. This is where we are at. People are seeing this and they're like, yo, this is crazy. Like regular people are seeing this stuff and they're like, this is too much. The school boards are teaching kids uh, uh, all this wild stuff. And the t- parents are like, nah, no, 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 this is not happening. And in reality, it's, it's like 3% of the population. It's a very small percentage of the population when we're talking about these things. Or thir- you know what I'm saying? Like it's, 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 it's wild what's going on. Right. And, these things are directly affecting people. These things are directly waking people up. Mark, we could tell them to we're blue in the face. It won't make a difference. It directly, why, why was Donald Trump able to get gas under $2 and now I'm paying almost $5 a gallon? What the hell? Joey bag of donuts. Like what's going on? Why are groceries so much? Like why was a Turk Thanksgiving dinner like $300? Like what is going on out here? Why is there nothing on the shelves? Like bare shelf Biden is real. Like you people are going to the stores and the shelves are empty. It's not everywhere, but it's in a lot of places. People are filming it everywhere. It is wild. Like they're joking about it. Like they're literally like walking into the store. They're like, yo, going shopping. They're holding a cart and they're just pulling like invisible things off the shelf and putting it in their basket. Like that's where we're at right now. Yeah, it's 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 feeling like the edge of dystopia. But I think, you know, you're kind of alluding to something that I might agree with, which is that the thing that we're looking at is cyclical. It's it's rigged. It's corrupt. It's meant to be that way. The system is not designed to be that way. And Donald Trump, for whatever he represented, was some kind of possibly a fluke in that system or, you know, maybe a, a more, I don't know, sinister interpretation. Maybe it was like the, you know, party before the apocalypse sort of thing where they give us a little bit of the good stuff before it gets really dark. You know, that's just the cynical outlook. But I'm wondering, you know, what what do you think of him as that anomaly factor? I, I, I think, like I said, the rigging happened for a reason. Right. Look, look, I've been saying for decades that the elections are rigged. We both know that John Kerry and George Bush are both skull and bonesmen. As soon as I saw that, this is like when I was waking up in 2004 was when I read the commission report. I started going down JFK, which led me to secret societies. And I was like, holy shit, John Kerry, George Bush are both. This rigged. It's rigged. It's, it's rigged. I've known since day one. It's rigged. No one believed me. No one. Now the majority of the country is like, yeah, they rigged that shit. It's all rigged. It's it, everybody understands that it's rigged and people see this. It doesn't, people don't wake up from these things unless it directly affects them. John Kerry and George Bush doesn't directly affect them. When they see their votes being stolen, they see it visibly. They see lady Ruby wheeling out briefcases of votes and ballots. They see windows being boarded up. They see poll watchers being kicked out. People are like, yo, this is crazy. 
You, the, even even the, the mainstream media polls, which I think are nonsense, are saying that the majority of the country thinks it was rigged. Right. Now, it feels like that was all to obviously get Biden in for whatever cabal he represents, maybe because Trump was coming in and, you know, rubbing up too close against their, you know, control. What do you think of that angle? Well, again, if Trump was in, none of this thing, none of these things would be happening. We wouldn't be seeing all these things that are directly waking people up. It would be 24 seven orange man bad. It would be like Donald Trump's not handling China virus properly. Donald Trump's not doing this properly. Andrew Cuomo would not be able to be attacked because the media would say, oh, Donald Trump is attacking Cuomo because Cuomo won't follow his COVID, his COVID mandates. They wouldn't be able to attack and recall Newsom because Donald Trump would be attacking his Newsom because of his COVID mandates. That's what the media would be running with. That's what we've seen nonstop over and over again. And now the media is exposing themselves. They are trying so desperately to get Donald Trump involved in everything that's going on. And this guy's out playing golf. He's out here chilling, playing golf. And the media is, the ratings are plummeting. You saw the quarter three ratings. Nobody's getting views, dude. Nobody. Nobody's listening anymore. You look at all the sporting events, all these crazy people are showing out in droves. People are coming out. They're not, they, they want to lock us down again. People aren't buying it. There's no way they're getting that cat back in the bag. There's no way that people in the businesses will allow it. They've had enough. And these things wouldn't have happened if Donald Trump was in office. It would just be orange man bad 24 seven previously to the f- previous four years. And we wouldn't be waking anybody up. And these people wouldn't understand how corrupt and evil these people truly are. Really think about it. Right. You see the things that are happening right now. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions. Why is Joe Biden not given a state of the union address yet? This is year two. Why is he yet to give us a state of the union address? Every president before him is given a state of the union. Why is Joe Biden? We're, we're now getting into February and he's still not given one that's the latest whatever yeah i didn't know that that's odd why is joe biden why is joe biden doing press conferences from a studio Mm, right over and over again like we all know this This is not like something that he's doing like once every so often it's over and over again our tax dollars are being spent in a studio he has the oval office right though like he's in he's the president of the united states right he's got the oval office why not use the oval office doesn't that make sense doesn't that, doesn't that seem like the smarter move? Like if I was the president of the United States and I could use the Oval Office, sit behind the resolute desk, like the real resolute desk. Like, isn't that like one of the honors of being the president of the United States to your meetings inside the Oval Office? Why is guy in the studio? Tell me. There's no answers for it. Nobody's got an answer. He's the first president ever, ever to get a private transport to his inauguration. First president ever. Every other president got a military transport to the inauguration. Why? Why? Why has he taken multiple flights and the Air Force not designated the plane he's on as Air Force One multiple times? Why? Why did the National Guard turn their back on him on inauguration day? Why did these things happen? There's a lot of questions that aren't being answered and there's a lot of things that are happening. And just because it's not happening on our timeline doesn't mean things aren't happening. 
there's still a lot of things at play. Like there's st- just like Epstein. Everybody's gonna go. Oh, Ghislaine Maxwell. She she she's done. Well, she's now no longer covering for those John Does. Prince Andrew's in the crosshairs. He's done. He's 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 done. They took away all of his royal credentials. He's no longer a, me- a royal member. He's no longer the art the Duke of of York. All these things are still happening. These things are waking people up. These things are allowing people to understand that these people are evil. Who are these eight John Doe's? What if one of those eight John Doe's is Bill Clinton? We know how closely tied he is. What if Prince Andrew gives up Bill Clinton? We know how closely, like the evidence is all there. Have you seen pictures of Bill Clinton lately? He looks like a corpse. (laughs) He was in the hospital with sepsis. Wow. and it's it's really wild. A lot of these things are happening, and people are like, oh, we're screwed. Now, do I think that there are patriots involved? Yes, because you can hear it in the most recent Project Veritas leak about the, the jab. He's like, yeah, there's people working behind the scenes to fight against this. There's definitely people inside the military that are fighting against these evil, tyrannical mandates. So there are people working on the insides, but does that mean that we just sit back and do nothing? No. Q never told us to sit back and do nothing. We need to continue to get out. And like the, the, this, this weekend, yesterday, there was a massive protest all over the world, a huge world protest against these mandates. We need to go to our school board meetings. We need to go to our town hall meetings. We need to run for these local elections, even though they're rigged. We need to run. We need to get involved. We need to hold these people accountable. We cannot allow them to just, you know, I'll go to the next school board meeting or somebody else will be there. Like, I don't need to be there. It's no big deal. It's just a school board meeting. These are our children. And these are all things that I don't think will ever go back. Prior, Prior to this, people were just allowing it to happen. If Donald Trump was in office, people would just be allowing it to happen. No one would notice. Edie would be talking about Orange Man Bad the whole time. Right. So I think there's a lot of things at play that, that we need to factor into this story. And I don't think the story is over. I, I really think that we're going to come out on top of this. I really do. And I think we're going to, you know, you look, you look at what's going on and you look at the American public. The American public is sick and tired. Media has a very strong blowhorn, but nobody's watching anymore. What does that tell you? Like people aren't going to allow this. They try to lock us down. They're not going to do it. There will be people that are for it, but the majority of the country is going to say, hell no. They're not going to do it. Right. And the people who who do support, you know, and I'm using uh, air quotes, support the, you know, Democratic Party. These people have their heads up their asses. They're blown out on pharmaceuticals. They're, you know, being milked by the establishment, you know, and they're not looking at the facts with open eyes. They're looking at it through blinders. You know, there's like this very traditional MAGA, though. So does the traditional Republican. Mm. So it, it, it goes it goes both ways. Right. Like I, I, I'm, I still am so pissed off that people are saying Trump 2024. Like it really bothers me. I'm like, nah, like it is not Trump 2024. Like I, I still believe we need to go out and vote. We have to, we cannot not go out and vote. So if we don't go out and vote, we have zero leg to stand on zero. leg. we have to force them to rig it. Like if we didn't go out and vote in 2020, they wouldn't have had to shut down the counts in multiple States. So 
we still have to go out and vote, but at the same time, we know it's rigged. We know it's 100% rigged. There's still a lot of time from now until 2022 for them to change things. But as of right now, they still rigged New Jersey. They rigged California in the recall. They're, they're trying to tell us that Newsom got more votes in his recall election than he did in his original 2016 run. And he had 1.4 billion signatures to have him removed. It doesn't make any sense. They shut down systems in New Jersey, computers in New Jersey. They did the same th- same things that they did in the election. It's still being rigged. And if we allow them to rig 2020, if we just say, okay, we'll get them next time, guys. We got them. We lost. How do we expect to win a rigged election? We know it's rigged. Oh, they rigged 2020. They're not going to rig the next one. They, they got away with the 2020. We'll, we'll get them next time. Like, we can't be that stupid. Like we, 2020 is still the number one priority. We have to fix 2020. And I still think that that's part of it. But at the same time, when you think about how things are, there's no going back to the old system, dude. There's no going back. I think that's what they're preparing for with this, you know, new currency. You got, you know, everything being pushed towards the metaverse, all these technocrats sort of, you know, rattling their sabers and and trying to i don't know get some more venture capital funding or something but it just seems like it's all built on uh really really you know the metaverse is really built on a bunch of hopes and dreams that i don't think are ever going to actualize but it's all distractions you know it's it's not based in anything real it's based in taking our freedoms away from us long enough to you know really come in for the the depop, maybe. I mean, is that what you think this is get going towards? Depopulation? Is that why all well, that's of this what they is want. happening? Yeah, that's what they want. One hundred percent. That's what they want. You know, and you, there's a lot of a lot of theories that you could talk about and evidence that you could point to of things that are happening. But that's what the end goal is for these globalists. You read Klaus Schwab's book. You know, you, you see, he, you know, we'll own nothing and be happy. We'll eat bugs like they are. You Bloomberg just put out an article. Bloomberg. Yeah. Bloomberg put out an article that made cockroach and maggot sandwiches for us. Right. Are you kidding me? I mean, you- talk about hive mind or, or trying to push in the hive mind. If you eat a bunch of bugs, you know, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. This is no, but this is why I'm very outspoken against the vegan agenda. And I, I promote a heavy, an animal based diet. I'm with you, brother. I'm with you. I try to eat as much uh, meat as I can, even though I live with someone who eats vegan. So <laughs> it's not easy, but it's not easy, but yeah, no plants have defense chemicals as well. And, um, you look at the people that are pushing the vegan agenda, the same people that are trying to depopulate the nation who owns all the patents for the fake meat, Bill Gates, who's right. buying up farmland, China and Bill Gates, who, who wrote the book, the stu- who did the studies to say that red meat's bad for you? The World Health Organization. This, the, the study that everybody uses that says red meat causes cancer and is bad for you and causes heart disease. The World Health Organization did that study. Oh, just coincidence. Now they want us to eat all this fake shit. They want us to eat all these chemicals and this soy and this nonsense. Why? Because that, that, that messes with our hormones, our natural human biome. Like that kind of diet. We're supposed to have animal meat. Like, We've been doing this for centuries. We've been eating animals. Plants don't grow all year round for most people. What'd they do? They'd hunt it and they learned how to store meat so it didn't go bad. Like, how do you think they figured that out? Because they knew they needed meat. They'd go and hunt. They needed the meat. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, even in, in really warm places like Mexico, you see them, you know, eating meat because you can't still in certain places grow all year round. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely 
you know, somebody who's gone on the ups and downs on that. I used to work at Whole Foods. I was like total vegan. I mean, you called it out before when you compared me to Megan Kush. But, you know, I realized what that was doing to me, brother. Like I was eating vegan and I was feeling weak. And as soon as I took yogurt and meat back into my diet, I saw literally cavities in my teeth restructure themselves. So now they're not bothering me anymore. I saw, you know, my wrist, which I broke in like 20 something, 2015, I think I broke my wrist. I have way more strength in that wrist now. So there's a lot that eating meat and dairy has done for me on a microcosm. <laughs> Check out Joe Rogan has an episode with uh, Dr. Sean Baker, and he also has an episode with Dr. Paul Saladino. Sean Baker is on Instagram as Sean Baker 17 or 1976 or 1776 or something like that. And Paul Saladino is Carnivore 2.0, kind of Carnivore MD 2.0. And they're fascinating the information that they have and they present about eating mostly, mostly meat. And some of them cut out all vegetables because of the defense chemicals that are in these vegetables and Dr. Paul Saladino is very good at breaking down as to why they're bad for us. And, you know, you look at, you look at the service levels, like I said, you look at the people that are promoting these these vegan diets. They want us eating fast food. They want us eating vegan and plants and bugs for our protein. Who are those people? The same people that are saying meat's bad. So, okay, I'm going to eat meat then. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, why are you telling me this is bad? Why don't they want us eating this stuff? Right. Why are we trying to demonize it so bad? Why is all these like you actually look at real ranchers like real ranchers actually care about their animals like they actually give a shit like the, the, those documentaries that come out. It's all more fear porn put out put out by the establishment to get people to say, oh, they're so bad. And yes, are, are there are there are there people that treat their animals poorly? Sure. Absolutely. But there's so few and far between, dude. Right. You're so few and far between. I worked on a dairy farm myself, man. And, you know, aside from killing the animals, which is, you know, cycle of life anyways, everything they did to those animals was humane and, and they took care of them and they loved them. And, and, you know, I was sad when they had to shoot the shoot the bull and, and make meat out of it. But, you know, that's just the way it goes. You know, you can't you can't yeah. avoid that. How else are you going to eat? You know, it's just the way life is. But we're so far removed from that with our modern, you know, everything that's happened since the agricultural revolution, you know, it, it just, it feels like, you know, they're trying to push us, as you said, to eat bugs in these, you know, hyper stacked cities, up down cities where everybody's living on top of each other. I mean, that's what it feels like they're pushing us towards. thousand percent. It's in their agenda. This is exactly what they want. They want depopulation. I don't think they're going to make it happen. I really don't. I think there's going to be some things that are going to happen with the people. I think it's going to come from us, we the people. I think right. we're 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 gonna we're gonna say enough is enough. You see it happening all over the world. These man, they're arresting people in New York City for no no papers. Like this is Nazi Germany already. It, it's well, here. Now that we've thoroughly scared people, I want to roll up another blunt and and maybe get into some of the solutions, my brother. Because I know you're. On We The People Radio, you got this Reawaken America tour going on. Tell me more about that and let the people know about that. I hope they go and follow and subscribe and, you know, really learn the, the tools that we're all going to need to use to overcome this oppression and this fascism, quite literally, yeah. as you put it, that's, you so, know, around the corner. I'm very, I'm, I'm, 
a little bummed out of what has happened over there with that tour. But it's 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 great to get a lot of people who are actually out there fighting on the front lines to get their message out on the table. It's it's really nice to be able to talk to these doctors like Dr. Dave Martin, Dr. Saeed Hader, Dr. Stella Emanuel, who are actually giving solutions on how to fight against these the, the this virus that that they're trying to scare the world with without getting the jab. They're actually openly talking about how the jab's a bioweapon. Like we interviewed a Pfizer whistleblower, Karen Kingston. And she's literally talking, she, she's like a human encyclopedia. She literally sits there and tells you the page number of the, and the exact document where you can find the document and the page number of what she's about to say. And she reads every single legal document there is for Pfizer and all, the FDA, all these things. And she literally rattles it off like the top of her head. It's, it's wild. And when she does her presentation, she has everything sourced in her, in her slides and everything. So she's talking about how they're finding people with a third DNA strand. Like this is, this is, this is gene mutation. Like how are you getting a third DNA strand? So this is, this is, I mean, I'm so glad you brought this up because that was an interview I had in my notes. I definitely wanted to touch on it. And Karen Kingston, I'd love to, to get in touch with her if that's at all possible. But, you know, the third DNA strand point that, it's so interesting from my background, you know, looking into theosophy and all this occult stuff. There's all this weird talk around the time when they really realized what DNA was of the 12 strands of DNA and how they need to, you know, a complete human being has 12 strands of DNA and the gods of the ancient like Nephilim and whatnot. They took us and they you know, morphed uh, our DNA down to only two strands. And then you have this weird story. I don't remember. I think 2015 or 16, it came out about Hillary Clinton trying to look into Nephilim. Yep. Yeah, the, the Nephilim DNA, you know, there was some kind of like tomb they found there. Like we need to test this with, you know, to check the genetics on it. And it's like, huh, why are they so interested in altering our DNA? And why is there this ancient cult? I, I, and I don't think Karen Kingston quite got into it, but that's so fascinating oh, to hear she, about. She didn't. And I want to introduce you to my buddy, Josh, who runs uh, Red Pill TV and the Red Pill Project. Absolutely. Uh, he's very big on the occult. He's, he, I, I, it's, I, 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 I met him at these events. He's doing, he's doing great work. I was just on his show. He's going to come on our show pretty soon. But he's very, very knowledgeable. And as soon as he started talking, I was like, yo, I got to introduce you to this dude, Mark. I was like, as soon as as soon as soon he started talking, I was like, yo, these guys would have such a high-level conversation. Oh, so I got I, I to connect you guys. Uh, he's a thank good you. dude. He, he's very, very knowledgeable when it comes uh, to this stuff. And I think you guys would, would really have a good conversation. So I'm going to make that happen for you. But uh, yeah, dude, it's, it's, it's really wild to see their fascination with this stuff. But... You know, you, you look at what they believe in and who they worship and, you know, the things that they do. So it, it, it's not surprising when you find, when you actually look into that stuff and you realize that they're Satanists and they kill children and they do disgusting, disgusting things. You know, it's it's wild. They're they're very evil, evil people in this world. And when they're doing these things, you you this is how I try to relate to people and how evil they are. And it goes down to the doctors as well. We interviewed Dr. Stella Emanuel and she really illustrated this very well, but there are now medications that we know work. 
ivermectin and HCQ. I used both of them. I had the China virus two weeks ago. I used both of them. I was healthy in, in like four days. I was great. We know that they work. There's more than enough testimonials. They both have been around for a very long time. Ivermectin won a Nobel. The guys who invented it won a Nobel Prize in medicine. It's clear as day at this point. They demonize it over and over and over again, and they take it off the shelves. They won't let pharmacies prescribe it. They won't let doctors prescribe it. They will take your medical license away if you're prescribing this this, these drugs, people have already lost their medical license for prescribing ivermectin. MIT doctors have lost their medical license. So this is very, very real. The reason why they're doing this is because the vaccine is only under emergency use authorization. If, if there's no, if the only reason you can use, the only way you can use emergency use authorization if there's no other cures, ivermectin and HCQ clearly work. So then there's a cure. That means you can't use the vaccine. It's only emergency use authorization. It has not gone through the proper testing. So this is why they demonize it so much. And you have these medications and you have doctors who know that they work. They won't even prescribe them for themselves. Dr. Stella is like, yeah, they, I have people calling me, doctors calling me to get HCQ and ivermectin from me. She's like, why won't you prescribe it for yourself? Cause I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to lose my medical license, et cetera, et cetera. So they know it works. They'll prescri- they'll get another doctor prescribe it for themselves, but that means they're not prescribing it to their patients, even though they know it works. They knowingly do not tell their patients about this. That is evil. That is pure and utter evil. Oh, I'm going to go and ask another doc. Even though I could prescribe these medications cause they're basic medications. I could prescribe them to myself I'm going to go and ask another doctor because I don't want to get in trouble for this. Like, that's how crazy we are on, on the base, on the surface level. This is evil. The establishment is demonizing these drugs that they know works. Joe Rogan's like, yeah, the majority of Congress, like 70% of Congress is on ivermectin. They're using the same doctor that I'm using. Like, that's evil. That is pure and utter evil. People are dying because they won't give them this medication. They're propagating this jab. Right. That's evil. And no, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And, and that's how evil these people are. And, and once you realize that they're literally doing this, just Dr. Fauci alone, he literally got caught torturing poor little beagle puppies, trapping their heads, debarking them, trapping their heads in a little thing and putting sand flies all over their face so their faces got eaten alive and they didn't have to eat, hear the dogs whimpering. He purposefully infected orphan black children in New York City with HIV to study HIV. Like, this is how evil these people are, dude. Like, it, there's, no, there's no way to describe it other than evil. And once you realize how evil that they are, they won't, there's nothing that they won't do. There's nothing that they won't do. And those are things that people can understand. Those are things that you can explain to people and be like, hey, here's the evidence of this. Why are they not? Why are they hiring this? Why don't they want people taking this medication? Dana White said the other day, the UFC, the, the, the president of the UFC, he's like, yo, it's funny that now that me and Joe Rogan are talking about monoclonal antibodies, you can't find them anywhere. Like nobody's got monoclonal antibodies. Why? Why are they taking them off the shelves? This is America. Why can't people have access to this? I, I, I'm not a doctor, but this this worked for me. It's worked for Joe. Worked for Aaron Rodgers. Right. 
right? And, Why are they demonizing this stuff? And it's this, it's this great unveiling that we're all witnessing right now, those of us who are awake, that there is truly some sort of new world order and the, the laws that we've taken for granted that made America so special have been eroded by the powers that be in the UN and New York City and beyond from the Bilderberg Bilderberger meetings to, you know, the CFR and everyone in between. I mean, the cult groups yeah, are deep. I, 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 yeah, they're very deep. But I, this is this is again why I think we're still in this fight. Like we're taking right. on a, a cult, these occult satanic groups, these secret societies, these these families that have been around for a long time. Like everybody wants Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, these people to get arrested, and rightfully so, Doctor Fauci, rightfully so. But let's be real. Let's 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 call a spade a spade. We remove one of those. They find somebody to replace them like that. You, you're not you're not solving the, the issue. This goes way higher than them. You know the, the names that you know the the Rothschilds, the Paysors, et cetera, et cetera. But there's probably people above them that we've never even heard of. In my opinion, me personally, that's just my opinion. But the, the, even just the people that we know, we know the evil that they're involved in the Rothschilds and the Black Forest and the parties that they were throwing. Like Eyes Wide Shut is not like it's like a documentary. Like <laughs> that shit is real. Right. Well, uh, and it's it's sorcery and it's so funny, you know, I was about to bring this up because you mentioned the 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 selfishness and I don't know if you use that word, but that's the word that came to mind when you described these doctors who are so brazen enough to go and ask for ivermectin from another doctor but they're too coward to go and prescribe it to themselves or God forbid any of the patients that they swear an oath to, you know, I would say go fuck yourself, but I don't really like doctors to begin with. I don't really go there anymore. <laughs> I avoid as much as I can. I agree, but that's just to demonstrate how evil they are. Like right. that's, that's pure well, evil. And to, you know, not to get away from the point uh, about sorcery, it's like you, you kind of laid it out there. The role is there, you know, and that's kind of the, the power of our society in the ancient past where that role of those who knew how to affect the world in this way, those secrets were guarded responsibly. It seems like those secrets, I mean, thousands of years ago, were put in the wrong hands and passed from slimy hand to slimy hand to get us to this point where, you know, up is down and down is up. And, you know, the evil people at the top are throwing these wild parties because they're just so, you know. When you think about that, then to take them down, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen as fast well, as we they're want. On cloud nine, you know, they're, they're yeah. they've separated themselves. Exactly. So it's going to, it's going to take time and it's taking longer than we expect, but we can't, we can't lose sight of what has already happened. Look at all of the major elite pedophiles that have already been arrested and taken care of. Like if Hillary Clinton got in office, none of that would have happened. Do you think Epstein would be getting arrested if Hillary Clinton got in office? Hell no. That puts her husband right in the spotlight. Hell no. Her right. boy, Andrew. Hell no, she's not doing that. That's not happening. Right, and like, I mean, Biden, the same thing. He he spent time as a child in Arden, Delaware, a known pedophile haven, satanic cult town. I mean, this isn't my research. It's Jay Parker's researcher research, so go back and check out his story. But Brother has an island not far from, from Little St. James. Right, right. It goes, yeah, way no, back. It's, it goes way back. Yeah, no, it goes way back, and and... It's not just Epstein, though. You, people don't talk about Nexium and the connections to Hollywood with Alison Mack. They don't talk about Peter Nygaard. They don't talk about John of God, who's Oprah's, Oprah's spiritual healer. Well, and 
the the other point that just came out recently, a guy in CNN got accused or uh, multiple right. guys. Tell like, us about that. I didn't hear about that. Multiple producers. I think three producers have been caught and 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 are pedophiles. And they need to blackmail folks like that in those realms so that these stories stay as closed lipped as they do. George Carlin said it best. It's a giant club and we ain't involved. This is the glue that holds them all together is the pedophilia. Like this is the thing that I think the final nail in the coffin that's going to bring the, the, everybody together because it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. It, you don't, nobody likes pedophiles. Like even in prison, the lowest of the low are pedophiles. They get killed well, in prison. And you know what's so sickening, you know, knowing about this from the occult angle that I do is that these folks, you know, what they say, at least what we hear they say in their own circles is that they, you know, they don't feel any remorse because they understand that we're spiritual beings and we, you know, we have a life outside of this body. But you know, given that you know that, it's just, it's so, it's, I mean, it's just sickening nonetheless, but still, like, I can only imagine what kind of hell they've created for themselves with that karma, because you have to ask yourself, like, do, you know, do they, do they understand karma, and, and how does karma even work at that level, because they're, like, basically sacrificing people like they did in, you know, ancient times. Yeah, 100%. Well, that's that's you know you have another Hillary Clinton email. She's like, I'm gonna go sacrifice a chicken to Moloch in the backyard. Oh, just so happens that chicken's a code pedophilia code word, and Moloch is the pagan god of child sacrifice. Oh, oh, that just slipped in the email. Like I've never in my wild in my in any email like yeah, it's gonna go sacrifice a chicken to, to Moloch in my backyard. Like what? Like that's crazy. And these is the people that we're dealing with. So, so what you have to realize this, and this, this brought me back to God, honestly, the fact that I realized that these people actually worship Satan and it, it really brought, made my relationship with God stronger than ever. And I would turned away from God for a very long time because of uh, Catholic school and all of the research that I've done. I never thought there was hope. I truly believe that because of the evil that we're up against, it's going to take time, but it's happening. These people are getting arrested. These things are getting exposed a lot slower than we'd all, all like, but you have to take yourself out of it. We're awake. There's so many people that are not, if someone got arrested like Barack Obama or, or somebody like that, people would lose their shit. Hillary, a civil war would be the, the only other option because we have, we have guns like Australia can't happen here while we still have our guns. The American public will not allow that. They won't. It won't happen in, in some states, maybe, but the majority of the American public won't, won't, they're not having it and they want that. So I, I, I really think that the only other alternative is a civil war and they're trying to avoid a civil war at all costs. That would be the worst thing possible. If we went to a civil war, look at how many people in your life that cut you off because of political views that don't talk to you, friends, family, everybody who's listening to this has somebody like that. That means that now you're talking about, all right, I'm fighting for my freedom, not just for myself, but future, future generations, or I'm fighting, fighting against, not, I don't want to fight against my family member. The civil war in real life had family members fighting against each other, brothers fighting against each other. This, this is really what happened. What do you think that's going to be any different if a civil war happens? And what's even worse though, what's even worse is, if a civil war does happen, which is the worst possible thing that could happen, nobody wants that. We're now vulnerable. 
We are now major. Our one advantage advantage here in America is that we have a normally a united front where we are strapped to the teeth, like four four hundred million firearms or some crazy number like that. Japan said in World War Two, oh, we can't invade the United States. There'd be a gun behind every blade of grass. There's no way if we're fighting each other. Oh, here comes the UN. Here comes China. In the 1800s, it would take them like a couple of weeks to get a couple of ships over there to, to boat their ass over to the United States and take over. China's already here. Like if we start fighting ourselves and we're focused on each other, China's going to just swoop in. Oh, perfect. They're not. They're not worried about us. Boom. Yeah. Take them all out. Here comes the blue helmets. Boom. Here comes Russia. Boom. But it would be a disaster. So every if we want to win this war, we can't go to a civil war. We can't. And as much as as much as some people want to say, oh, this it seems like we might be going that way. I pray to God that we do not. I really do, because it would be the worst thing that could possibly happen. And I, I truly I truly believe and I pray every day that this is going to happen, that we're going to come out on top without having to have some sort of civil war. You have to look at Myanmar as a, as a perfect example of what's going on. Are you familiar with the Myanmar situation? Enlighten us now, please tell me. Oh man, dude. Myanmar is everything that we want to happen here is happening in Myanmar. So they had an election shortly after we had an election. And Myanmar, they rigged the election. So the military stepped in and arrested all of the people involved in the rigging. Just coincidentally, they use Dominion servers as well. Just, just coincidentally. <laughs> so the military arrested all the politicians, everybody that was involved. The general came out and made a statement. He's like, listen, we're just going to get rid of all of the corrupt people. We're going to arrest everybody who's involved in the rigging. And once that's all taken care of, we're going to open up uh, and have another election and have the people elect the new, the new leaders. The media is what they did. They started shoving propaganda down the throats of all of the people of Myanmar. Myanmar has got a, about a 56 million people as their population. So it's a lot of people, but compared to the United States, it's 330 to 360 million, not so much. Pumping propaganda to the people. All of the world leaders, the Merkels, the Trudeaus, the Macrons, the Bidens are saying, oh, the Myanmar military, they shouldn't be doing this. This is bad. They're trying to, they're trying to shut off all trade and things like that. So they can't get any access to anything. So again, that's another red flag that they're doing the right thing. Another thing that they did is they called for George Soros's arrest. They seized all of his assets. They seized all of his open society foundations assets. Then they started arresting all of the media who were involved in peddling the propaganda because the people were again, revolting against the military. They were fighting against the military who were trying to save their, their freedom and restore their Republic. And they're getting slaughtered. They're getting they're they're attacking the, the the military and they're getting killed. So they arrested all the media heads, all the people pushing the propaganda, and they stormed the UK ambassador where the uh, the the what's the world where I'm looking for? Yes, thank you, thank you, appreciate that. I had a brain fart. It's all right. I'm a little, I'm a little retarded. <laughs> we're both we're both in some blunts pretty deep. <laughs> I'm kind of retarded. Oh, I got this one. Oh, retard alert. Retard alert class. But uh, no, they stormed and raided the, the UK embassy. And so all the things that we want to happen here in the United States are happening in Myanmar, but the people are revolting against the military and they have 56 million people. We have 330 and we're strapped to the fucking teeth. Like regardless of what people think, liberals still own guns. There's people that are Biden supporters that still own guns. 
there's still people in the military that support Biden. Like people forget this. Like the majority may not, mm. but they they do exist. It's the butterfly effect, man. I mean, when you're telling me about Myanmar, especially with that population, it's like a a reflection of the energy on this side of the world or the planet or whatever the plane sort of funneling over to that side of the planet plane whatever you know let's get out of that conversation but there's something happening there that i don't know from my perspective just feels like it's it's an indication of hope it's an indication that this energy that we're creating here it's going to take longer because like you said myanmar is a smaller country things can happen faster there those people can get arrested faster there and they're a part of that system no country aside from possibly like north korea and iran which have their own psyops going on you know no country was immune to this sort of global domination that came with over the past two years and you know it's so i'm glad you brought that up and and Enlighten couple, me on that because I hadn't heard. A couple other points about Myanmar is Myanmar is a major hub for human trafficking. Wow. And Barack, Barack Obama, Barry Sorteto was the first president to visit Myanmar. Slick Willie and Hillary went while Barry was in office. Uh, not, while, not while Slick Willie was in office. It's also known as Burma. Right. Those who know. Well, and it's um, interesting. They're the only uh, country outside of like one other that uses the United States me- system of measurement, you know, so they've always kind of been like our like, you know, little brother, so to speak. First president, first president to go over there. They use Dominion servers and the people. This is what I tell people. I'm like, Mark, you're awake. You understand what's going on. You see the things that are happening in our country. And you see how many people are, are, are not seeing it. And as much as people want to hate these people, you have to realize they've literally been brainwashed through years and years of indoctrination. They've literally been brainwashed. So when you say that the people of Myanmar are revolting against the military and you're like, why would they revolt against the military if they're actually trying to help them? Because they've been brainwashed by their media, just like millions of people in our country have. We see it every single day. How many people are fastest double masked visor in the car? Like it's real. Like the brainwashing is, is real dude. And so you, you have to put into perspective what's happening over there and what's happening over here. And we don't want people revolting against our military or anything if those people that need to be held accountable are held accountable. Because imagine they just arrested Barack Obama or or Hillary. People would go nuts, dude. People would lose their shit. Their people are not ready for that. They need to understand how evil these people are. So you have all these things that are still to come. The Prince Andrew shit is coming down the road. You have more Ghislaine Maxwell stuff from the eight John Doe's. And that case was just from... 94 to 97. She's got other cases coming up. There's more Maxwell cases in the docket. Harvey Weinstein cases in the docket. Like there's still things that are happening that I think are going to wake even more people up, bring us together as a people, as the United States. And another thing that we can all get behind is the mandates. We, you, we need to unite on that. We don't need to argue about the efficacy and whether the, the, the jab is good or not, not to change subjects for a second. Like that argument is, 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 is irrelevant. Because at the end of the day, if you think the jab is good, I'm never going to change your mind. I'll show you the paperwork as to why and the documentation is the source, the Fauci emails, et cetera, as to why. But I'll never get you to change your mind. But we can both agree in most cases that the federal government should not be able to mandate 
putting um, uh, a drug into your body and what med- what you can and cannot do. Like there should be no federal mandate and we can come together on that. The majority of the people that are pro pro jab are anti-mandate and okay, cool. Let's, let's agree to disagree on the, the efficacy and how good the jab is for you, but let's come together on the mandate and fight against this. Cause that's a major overreach in, in government power. Like that's crazy. So we need to, we need to come together on that. And those are things, the pedophilia and, and the, the mandate are things that across party lines we can come together on. Agreed. Yeah. And I hope we do. And, and I know I kind of kicked that sort of discussion off with, you know, asking you for some solutions. I'm wondering, you know, you already gave us a couple. Are there any solutions that folks can implement to make change? I know the local level is the place where you can make the most impact, but what are some strategies at that level that people can take that you've learned about? I recommend just going to your school board meetings and going to your town hall meetings. Like don't just pass the buck anymore. Like if, if this is the community that you're involved in, like this is the direct impact that you can make speak about all of the things that are happening. Like don't let 2020 die. Speak about show people the videos, talk about it. Don't let them say, ah, oh, you're just some like I, anywhere I go, I talk about this stuff. These are the things, the corruption that we can point out to. Like, don't go spouting off about crazy, you know, adrenochrome and and pedophilia and all. Show them the evidence that you can back up back up your statements with. Have these conversations. Speak very loudly. Share it on the internet. You don't have to have a big count to share these things on the internet. But we need to get involved. The local community, you can make a direct impact in what's going on. The local community is where a lot of these mandates are coming from. It's if the local community decides not to carry out mask mandates, then you don't have to. A lot of communities have done this. They've removed school boards and voted in new school board members in in some towns in Texas. Like this is happening all over the place. We're going to school. Parents are getting dragged out for speaking out against this. The, the, the attorney general Merrick Garland is called basically calling the parents speaking out at school board meetings, domestic terrorists. Like, that's a good sign that you have when we're just going up there and voicing our opinion and saying, Hey, I don't want my kids being taught all of this crazy nonsense. That means you're making an impact. Those kinds of things go such a long way. Get involved, run, I run for a spot. You may, it may get rigged against you, but put them in a position where they have to rig it. Like my co-host, Nick, he was running unopposed. And the day of the election, all of a sudden, someone was running against him. They got six, 17 votes. The guy running against him got 18. Oh, just a coincidence. But it forced their hand. It forced them to do that. And if he didn't do that, it wouldn't be exposed. This is something that he's atta- we're attacking on our show. We're talking about. Like These are things that are should, should be talked about and shared about everywhere. Get involved. Don't let them just... Go, uh, go and do whatever they want. These are elected officials. You know, don't stand your ground on the mandate. You know, as hard as it is, as hard as it is, I think this is one of the toughest things that people are going through is the mandate because it's put food on your table or lose your job. And it's very difficult for people to say no. But there's so many people like you. First, try to get religious exemptions. I, I did an interview with Dr. Shannon. It's forunitedsolutions.org or .com. There's lawyer written religious exemptions ready to go. Submit your religious exemptions. If they deny it, stand your ground. It's more important than ever. If we give into this, if we allow them 
to dictate what we can and cannot put in our bodies, then we lost. We are no longer a free people. If they can do that, they're going to do a lot worse down the pipeline. It's going to be microchips. It's going to be FEMA camps. It's going to be total control, like Nazi Germany, 1984, in real life, in the United States. It's already happening. They're arresting five-year-olds for not no passports in New York City. It's disgusting. It's already Camps are being built in Washington. If we allow them to win this war, the only way we can do it is by standing our ground. Don't support these businesses. Our dollar goes a long way. Support small businesses rather than going to Amazon. Support you know companies that are Ameri- Ameri- support American values and support fellow Americans. You know what I'm saying? Like our dollar goes a long way. Convenience, yeah, it's great. Don't get me wrong. Convenience is, is fantastic. But sometimes we have to sacrifice a little so we can end up winning the war. And a lot of people don't want to make those sacrifices, unfortunately. But I think those are some sacrifices that we should start making because our country is at stake. Our republic is literally hanging on by a thread and freedom of speech is in danger. Our medical freedom is in danger. If they, if they can dictate one thing, they can dictate everything. If we allow them to get away with one, they will never stop. People are like, oh, if you just do as we're told, it'll end. We'll get back to normal. No, they're just going to one thing after. We're already on our fourth booster. Like, what are we talking about here? So stand your ground. You have to. You have to say enough is enough. If you got two already and they're saying you need a booster and another booster, say, no, I'm done. Like you told me the first time, there's literally video evidence of them saying, if you get the booster, you do not have to wear your mask. You're safe. You, you won't spread the virus. You're good. That's clearly not true. None of it is. We're just going to stand our ground. Say enough is enough. No more. We will win. Go into a store, take off your mask. If we all take off our masks, they won't enforce it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't work. Stop doing it. Right. I'm playing the game. Yeah, no, I have not been playing the game, and there's only a few places that still enforce it near me. And, you know, my girlfriend and I go an hour out of our way when we can just to support a local, you know, health food store that doesn't impose the mask mandate. We would go to the ones way closer, but, you know, they make you wear the mask. So it's like, unfortunately, as much as I'd like to support that small business, they've, you know, kind of forced me, forced my hand there. And the same thing is sadly true for farmer's markets. It makes me want to start my own, really. It's segregation. Right. Um, right. You know, I actually, who who did, he opened up for Sam in his 500th episode, uh, Tino Sanchez. Yeah, uh, Tino's been on the show. Yeah, he's he's a great dude. Tino's awesome. He's out here yeah, out here with me in Vegas. All right, and, man. Uh, he's starting a barter system out here. He's starting a barter system. So he's I like, think he told us about that a little bit when he was on the show, episode forty four. He was on. Uh, yeah, he's got tr- fresh fruits growing in his backyard. He's getting some chickens, and he wants to start a barter system. That's and, awesome. Uh, an idea that's a that's a great way that's how communities are built like that's how it used to be we used to survive as a community now now you go to places like you don't even know your neighbors you don't even know who they are like you've never had a conversation with them that's how it is uh where i live right now i mean the only time i really talked to the neighbors was when two of the neighbors dogs gotten into a fight in front of my house and i had to go run out and mediate because it was happening on on my property it's like you know that's unfortunately the world that I'm living in up here, but it's like most of these people that live in the town that I live in are over the age of 50. So it's kind of a, an interesting dynamic, you know, like even as a kid growing up, you used to be able to go and knock on your neighbors, be like, Hey, I'm yeah. out of sugar. Can I get a cup of sugar? Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. 
can't do that anymore. Like that right? doesn't all e- of those people that we knew, they're either w- too old to go and knock on their door anymore, or they're they passed away and gone. Because it used to be like that, truly. Yeah, it's changed big time, and that's done by design, in my opinion. Community, they they don't want us to have community anymore. They don't want a family nucleus. They don't want that anymore. You know, when we're together, we're strongest. When we're united, we're strongest. And this is why they did such a good job at separating us. You know, you think about the revolution when 3% of Americans fought against the greatest army in the world at the time. Where was that? Where was the seeds of those revolutions sown? Taverns and pubs. Why do they shut all these things down? Because they don't want us sitting there talking. Why don't they think they want holiday parties? Oh, we get together, we're all sitting down, drinks are flowing, and everybody's talking about the nonsense that's going on. Like, yo, do you not see this? This is what wakes people up, these conversations. There's no avoiding it anymore. Right, right. And Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, in my case, I thought I was going to be able to do that, and I just got met with deaf ears, you know, and hence the name of the show. It was kind of expected, but... Yeah, I think for some people it's it's a long way out, and I don't know if they'll ever wake up, but I hope no, that people, people. Yeah, there's definitely people who be lost forever. But the more the more that evidence comes out, the more people are waking up. People are waking up at record numbers. I always ask people, "You think more people are awake today than yesterday?" The answer is always yes. Always yes. Really think about it. More people are awake today because of the events, the stock market happened today. All these things that are happening, people are waking up because of them every single day, faster than ever. They're starting to ask questions. Once that red light goes on, once that switch goes on, there's no shutting it off. That's how it was for me, and I guarantee that's how it was for you. Once you figured they lied to you once, they'll, they'll lie about anything, you start digging about everything else. I, I saw 9-11, World Trade Center 7, office fires. All right, bullshit. Let me see what's next. Oh, everybody talks about JFK. Let me let me see and check up on what they're talking about, reading it. Oh, oh they're right. Oh, wow, they, they murdered that guy. Oh shit! What he was talking about? Going back to go back standard, getting rid of secret society. What secret societies? Oh wait, there's there's like a whole bunch. Oh, they're what they're doing. Oh my god, they're they're what? And you never you never stop looking into these th- things. You just keep digging and digging, and you start finding more and more evidence. And it wakes. It's the same thing for everybody. They, but it, everybody goes down a different rabbit hole. Everybody looks at something else and they they start digging. Like, you know, you look at Laurel Canyon. You look at like Tartaria. You look at all these things that don't make sense. All these things that don't add up. There, there's so many questions. This is why I brought up earlier about Biden and being in the, the studio. Like, these are so many valid questions, glaring glaring holes in the official story. That, all right, well, they've lied to me about all these other things. And there's glaring holes here. Well, maybe they're lying to me about this. You know, like there's nobody today that could build the buildings that are in Tartar. Even the, I see even even St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City. Like no architect today is building a masterpiece like that. Nobody, dude. Like everything is boxy and like cookie cutter. And nobody's building a masterpiece like that in today's day and age. Agreed. Yeah, it definitely feels like we're on a decline, not an incline. <laughs> not Where'd a, that technology come from to build yeah. something like that? They had less technology that we have today, and no, nobody could build something like that. Right. right. So, like, all these glaring holes in their stories don't make sense. They've lied to me once. They'll lie to me about everything. Everything is a lie. Well, the point about the State of the Union and the National Guard turning their back, I mean, I definitely find that 
perplexing, you know, but it adds to this sort of, you know, narrative that Biden is totally a part of some sort of, I don't know, behind the scenes coup that's happening before our eyes in this veiled sort of way. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Is it just the same establishment that was there before well, Trump that took it back or is it a new sort of uh, oh, it's the same old establishment? And you heard Jen Saki circle back Saki the other day. She had a Freudian slip. She goes, I'm so th- I'm so thankful I get to work for President Obama. I mean, Joe Biden. Um, like we, Joe, there's an interview where Barack Obama was like, yeah, I'd love to sit in my, my office in a sweatpants and have someone in their ear and run an office from my basement, in my sweatpants and not have to be the front man. Right. Uh, they've talked about it. They told us this is what they do. They always tell us what they're doing. And uh, Joe Biden's clearly a puppet. The guy can't even make sentences. He reads a 50 inch screen monitor for a teleprompter and then reads end message at the end. The guy can't even answer questions. You saw his, the questions that he answered the other day. He literally said he uh, called Peter Ducey a son of a bitch today for asking actual real questions and, and flipped out on him. Like got visibly angry. He can't handle the heat. He's shitting himself everywhere he goes. Like it, this is very, very real. He's clearly not doing anything. Like he's not doing it. There's people making decisions for him. But part of me thinks, again, this is all on purpose because, again, this is all waking people up. People are seeing Joe Biden up there like they could have put Tulsi Gabbard. They could have put Ber- like if they put Bernie Sanders up there and rigged the election for him, it would have been more believable. He actually has a support. as much as I disagree with his his philosophies and, and what he does, regardless of what you say, he has a, 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 a large support because of these brainwashed kids. He's the only other person that I've ever seen have a giant rally like Donald Trump. He's the only other candidate. That would have been more believable. They could have put him up there. They could have put Elizabeth Warren. They could have put anybody. Then they doubled down and put Kamala Harris, who is pulling worse than anybody. Nobody liked her. It's like they doubled down. They knew people wouldn't like it. Then you look at the Afghanistan situation and how that happened. It was almost like it was a trap. Because we all know that the establishment, the military industrial complex, wants us in war. They need us to be in war, not just in Afghanistan for the money and, 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 and the things that are happening, but also because of the opioid situation. It's where all the, op- all the poppy fields are. They're making a killing in the drug game because of, of, of the war in the Middle East. A killing. And they need that. That's a huge, huge supply and money change for them. It's been the main yes. money chain, well, some would argue, you know. No, yeah. human trafficking is the number one because that's all profit. That's a major one. But then drug, drugs is, 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 is also huge. You look at the opioid epidemic that's happened since we've gone to war since Afghanistan. It's disgusting. There's a great documentary, not documentary, TV show called Dope Sick on Hulu. I highly recommend you and all your audience watch it. It's a, it shows exactly how Oxycontin got FDA approval, how they didn't test anything, how the head of the FDA, who gave him that approval left the FDA to go work for Purdue Pharma, how Purdue Pharma pays for everything. And it's in great detail. The doctors were bribed by the salesman. It was, it's, I can't believe it's on TV. I really cannot. They use the Sackler's name and everything. I cannot believe it's on TV, but it is. It's, it's with Michael Keaton and Rosario Dawson. I highly recommend you sit down with your girl. And you watch this. Everybody. It's unbelievable. I was watching. I was like, they're, they're they're exposing big pharma as the corrupt evil organization that they are right here. Like you see it with your own eye. Well, I mean, I saw it with my own eyes just growing up in the time period I grew up in the area I grew up. I mean, I remember kids getting like thrown off of ski trips. Not that I ever went to those for having Oxycontin and doing Oxycontin on school trips. And I, it just blew my mind, you know? 
Everybody does. So it, 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 just to tell you a little bit about it, it's, it's so wild uh, how it correlates to what's happening right now. So Oxycontin started hitting the market and they got a special FDA approval to say it's non a non-addictive opioid. The FDA approved it. Come to find out the FDA didn't test that it was non-addictive. They just took Purdue Pharma's word for it that they had a time release capsule, which made it non-addictive because it released the opioid over a long period of time rather than all, all at once. So that's what made it non-addictive. Like I said, that person who gave that FDA first time ever for, for an opioid, a non-addictive opioid, that person left the FDA, went to go work at Purdue Pharma. Very quickly. So the sales reps were going around showing the doctors like, hey, look, it's FDA approved. It's not addictive because a lot of doctors are like, no, opioids are very addictive. And they're like, no, 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 it's not. So very quickly, people were getting addicted to Oxycontin. We all know 30 years later how addictive this and how bad this drug is. And they needed to explain this away because people were robbing pharmacies like people were going nuts to get their hands on these drugs. So this is what they said. Oh, people are experiencing breakthrough pain. Where have we heard that before? Oh, breakthrough cases with the jab? Oh, never heard that before. Oh, guess what we have to do for the people that are experiencing breakthrough pain? We have to give them more. So if you're getting 20 milligrams, you're now getting 40. If you're getting 40, you're now getting 80. You're now getting 80. They made a 160 million milligram Oxycontin pill. Like that would kill people. Just that pill alone would kill people. They made a 160 milligram pill because people were experiencing breakthrough pain. That's the exact same thing they were doing with the jab. Oh, they first told us once you get the jab, you're good. You won't ever get sick. You won't spread it. You won't have to wear a mask. You're good. There's many audio vid- videos of them. All of, all of the talking heads. Oh, then all of a sudden people started getting sick. They got the jab. What did they say? What did the mainstream media said? Oh, breakthrough cases. Something that's never happened before. Breakthrough cases. What do we have to do for the people that are getting breakthrough cases? We got to give them more. More jabs. Boom. Booster shots. Oh, people are still having breakthrough cases. More. More jabs. Boom. Everybody's, and not only that, they're making so much money doing this. It's a win-win for them. It's just, it, it correlates greatly. So you, you got to go check out this show. It's amazing. I can't believe it's on TV. Yeah, will do. Thanks for breaking it down. I appreciate it. The, the recommendation. It's, it's, way, it's way more detailed than that. I can't. That's yeah. just like, that's just how it correlates to what's going on right now. Because um, it's the same story. It's the same exact story right. that we're seeing. Right, right. Yeah, and I mean, it feels like a no-brainer to me, but I got to remember that, you know, for whatever reason, I was always turned off to that kind of thing, and and maybe people are appealed to you know, and it's always blown my mind how people could like, you know, trust a pill or or have faith in this sort of way. I don't of- think it's a pill. I think it's the doctor because that's where right. a lot of it starts, and they they de- they detail that in the show. They detail how people were going there for pain, mm-hmm. and the doctor was told by the sales rep that it's FDA approved, it's non addictive. So the doctor gives it to the 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 patient, thinking he's doing doing good, and the patient takes it, gets addicted to it, and then th- that's all she wrote. Once the doctor is no longer prescribing, doesn't mean you're not no longer addicted. People are going. They figured out pretty quickly that it, you can go and buy heroin really cheap after the doctor after after the doctor stops prescribing or the pill they had pill factories back then like you could literally go to the pill factory back then 
but people were so addicted to this stuff. They were stuck. They couldn't stop. Like the detox is, is, is awful. And they got prescribed from their doctor. When I got my car accident, I got into a serious car accident, 400 discs in my neck. I'm in pain every single day. I am always in pain. A lot of the things that I love to do were taken away from me because of this car accident. First thing that they tried to do was shove pain medicine down my throat. I turned it down and I'm so thankful that I did. I'd rather deal with the pain because God forbid I'd still be taking this today. Three years later, there's no way I'm getting off these pain meds. I'm taking them for life. And now I'm addicted. Now I'm a dope fiend. Now I'm like, like shot the fuck out. Cause I'm taking so much Oxycontin just to, just to make the pain go away. You know, that's the only reason I took it in the first place was to make the pain go away. And you, you build up tolerance. I'd be addicted to that. I'd be screwed. I'm so thankful that I turned it down. You know, if you're getting your, if you're getting your molars taken out, like you're getting your wisdom teeth taken out or something like that. And you know, you're only gonna be taking it for like two or three days. Sure. Fine. Take a couple of Percocets just to make the pain go away. But if you're going to be injured for a long period of time, I highly recommend you stay away from that shit. Even if the doctor tells you it's the best, the best route of treatment, because those things are, are pure evil. And we all have friends that lost their life or got severely addicted to, to pain meds. And that's where it started. The doctor. It's not, it was a lot of, it wasn't from the streets. A lot of it wasn't like the black market going to your drug dealer in the corner. A lot of it started you go to the doctor with a small little, small little injury when you're even a teenager, they're giving these things to people. Like, really think about it. Like, high school athletes are giving these pain meds to kids. What do you think that's doing? It's fucking nuts. It's all part of the agenda, though. Right. They don't, they don't care. Right. Well, I mean, the cynical side of me is even like, well, sports are just war games. And, you know, like, it yeah. seemed like there was this push you know, post maybe even seventies. I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm only 27. So, but in my lifetime, I remember seeing like MTV and jackass and like this kind of reckless behavior being like kind of pushed on people. And then when I broke my wrist, I was like, Oh wow. You know, cause the same thing happened to me. They're like, Oh, we can prescribe you pain medication, you know, all this. And given my wrist injury is nowhere near as, as bad as what you went through. And I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, but like I went with cannabis right away. Cause I'm like, you know what, even though this hurts right now, if I go home and I smoke some weed, I'm gonna feel a little bit better. And I did. And, and I've been fine since, you know, a thousand percent. No, it's, it's, it's wild. I didn't even think about that, dude. That's actually a great correlation because that's when they were really pushing the payments. Jackass and the X Games and all that. I was, there, I was out there doing stunts every day. We had a we were filming it and everything. I jumped off my row. I was doing wild man stuff. I, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people got swept away into that stuff from like extreme sports too, you know. And it just felt like, you know, for whatever reason, you know, from my cynical conspiracy mindset that it was weaponized or something like that, you know. It's, no, dude, they always do that. That's always what they've been. The hip hop industry. What do you think that they did with the hip hop industry? They weaponized that. Right. They, what do you think they do with Miley Cyrus? They weaponized her. What do you think they're doing with with uh, Little Nas X? They weaponized him. Like my a perfect example, Miley Cyrus. What what was she on Disney? She was this bubbly, cute little innocent girl. She was always the good girl. Always, you know, very well mannered and you know sweet and you know perfect. You know, I, a little girl that a parent will want their kid to grow up to be. And then a generation grew up watching her, loved her as Hannah Montana. And all of a sudden she's on stage with Robin Thicke in a patent leather nude outfit, doing, giving him twerking and acting like a total ratchet whore. 
Guess what? All those girls who loved Hannah Montana, who thought she was this great bubbly girl, great role model. Guess what they did? They turned into these ratchet whores. Now you have 12 year old girls running around looking like they're 30. It's crazy. What do you, th- you don't think that wasn't on purpose? Little Nas X, Old Town Road. What did they do? He went all to around all these schools with all these little kids and played that song for all these kids everywhere. Every kid loved that song. Now the dude is giving Satan a lap dance and doing lap dances with dudes in a shower. Yeah. And he was, I saw a picture today, Isaac Weissop posted. He was, you know, associated with this guy, Rick, what was it, Owens or something like that. He was like a known Satanist artist. It's just so weird that that was the guy who designed these shoes. Yeah. But, 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 but my point is like they take, they take these people that, have the kids a younger generation, a very moldable generation, because this is how society is built now, unfortunately. It's no longer built through the family. They're trying to destroy the family nucleus. They're trying to have our children raised through the TV and the celebrities. This is what the problem we're having right now. So many people idolize these celebrities and do and say everything that they do. So now they, they take these celebrities that these kids grow up with that the parents watch and they're like, oh, they're, they're Old Town Road. That's a very wholesome rap song like the kids can listen to that all the time like really think about it hannah montana just wholesome little girl kids can watch that all the time oh my girl she loves hannah montana it's her favorite show all of a sudden this girl's on stage doing this ratchet shit this guy's lap dancing satan what do you think those children who love those people did now they're doing those things it's happening and and unfortunately we have to unravel that that the same way and this is why i preach message over messenger because so many people are giving uh people like joe rogan shit or russell brand shit or even sam tripley shit about about not, all, all this crazy stuff you know people are saying oh joe rogan's controlled opposition he's a mason so on and so forth or they're saying that russell brand he, he married katie perry she's a satanist so we can't trust him like they're saying these things and they don't care about what's actually coming out of their mouth. The message that they're saying, the things that are coming, like Joe Rogan talking to Peter McCullough and Robert Malone, talking to Sanjay Gupta and destroying them, those messages are reaching millions and millions of people. So let's just say that Joe Rogan is one of these Masons or controlled opposition, which may be true. I'm not going to rule that out. But... I don't think he is, but, and I've given him a hard time, but let's just say he is. The people that are listening to him are not. The people that are hearing the message are average Americans who idolize these people. And the way things work, Joe Rogan says something, and all of a sudden, the person listening who idolizes Joe Rogan, they think they were thinking that way the entire time. They automatically think that's the way that they think. And it's sad to say that's, but that, as sad as it is to say, that's the reality. They do and say everything that the celebrities that they look up to do. So many people do and say what Joe Rogan says. Like, it's, it's almost like a meme. Like, Joe, you know, you're intellectual because you watch Joe Rogan. You know, you're able to talk about these things because you watch Joe Rogan. But message over messenger. Russell Brand is destroying the Russiagate information. He's destroying the Pfizer information. He's showing how they lied about Donald Trump. He's like, I'm not even a fan of the guy. But, like, this is what they did. 
Like, look at here's all the evidence. The people that are listening to him, they're 99% super liberals. They're like, oh man, Russell Brand is talking. Like, this is what? Message over messenger. It doesn't matter who it's coming from. It matters who's listening. And and the, there's there's truth in these messages. There's a lot of truth. You know? Agreed. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad to hear that. And it's coming from both sides because it's two wings of the same bird. So people are going to come up and realize this on all sides because we're all being, you know, duped until you wake up to it. And then it's about, you know, overcoming what's already been done, you know, because that's how all of this gets started is by a population of people who are, you know, ignorant and happy and, and, you know, got their eyes and hands on other things while, you know, these secret meetings take place. And then, you know, 40 years out, they're planning and and this is the results of it. But I don't think that they could have planned every single, you know, possible outcome. And we're surely like pushing this anomaly factor because I don't think they expected the internet to create such uh, pushback. I don't think they expected people to to quit their jobs and, and, you know, really take a stand for freedom the way a lot of people did because, you know, they expected that they already had everybody. They expected that, oh, yeah, they, they need their income. We're going to really crunch them this time. And, and when this whole thing hits, they're just going to fall right in line. Sadly, a lot of people did, but I think so many people didn't, and especially around the freaking you know, election fraud, so many people are, are going against that that I don't know if it's going to sustain itself into 2030. I think by 2020, the end of the, the next decade, we'll, we'll have a, a new America for worse or for better. The other, absolutely. I think it's going to be for better, and I think one of the biggest fights that we have to get in, and I know, Mark, you've been big on this fight just like I have, but it's it's still such a tough paradigm to shift people with is the right versus left paradigm republican versus democrat paradigm because we can't you look at the i have such a big gripe to to pick bone to pick with the the republicans right now they're doing nothing it's all lip service what are they doing to protect our rights and protect our freedoms absolutely nothing they're not doing a damn thing no one is standing up for our rights they're bending the knee every single time everyone's like oh the supreme court case we won no no, maybe we got a little win, but that's how they do it. They give us a little bit, and they still they still get what they need. So they mandate for for the healthcare workers. They still have to get it. That's it's not right. It's not freedom. They should have a choice, you know. And we need to get out of this right versus left paradigm. We need to realize that this is good versus evil. The sooner that people start to realize that, I think the the, the sooner that more people will get involved in this fight because we are up against pure evil. That's what we're up against. And you see it. We talked about it in the show over and over again. And you know, the Republicans are not doing anything to help us. Like even the people that we want to support, you have Ted Cruz going out there and saying January 6th was, you know, a bunch of terrorists, like throwing us under the bus, which it wasn't. You know, Ray Epps was the FBI. Like we have all of this evidence. It's crazy. Now, you know, this isn't to, to challenge or question you in any way, James, because I'm with you 100%. But, you know, given there's so much talk about simulation, I don't use that word to describe how I, you know, sort of feel reality goes, but do you ever question whether or not these people are in these roles in order to cause this sort of resistance that in, you know, response wakes us up to evolve or or grow into the next stage of human consciousness? Well, like I said earlier, if we win this war, they didn't, 
we can't go back to the old system. We can't. And what the enemy wants is they want total control over us. They want to, they want, they literally want uh, one world government. They want, they, they want to destroy the constitution. They want to destroy the Republic and they want us to live like peasants. Like you, they want us eating bugs. We will own nothing and be happy. Like this is literally what they want for us. So I think when you say earlier, it's, it's going to be a new America one way or the other is a hundred percent correct. I think it's going to be a new America one way or the other. And I think that they underestimated the people. I don't think they, like you said earlier, thought that social media would get away from them because social media was created by DARPA. LifeLog was a CIA program then terminated on February 4th, 2004, the same day that Facebook was created. It's right there. It's blatantly obvious. I, mean, I think it got away from them. I don't think that they thought we'd share information like we're sharing information. They thought we were real cheap. They were trying to hurt us like they do, like cattle. So I think if we win, well, let's just say we lose. It's like... Game of Thrones. You see these wealthy people in these big castles and they're yelling shame, shame. Like they want us like that. Like that's literally the way I picture it is what they want. Us as peasants, there's no, they're already, they're actively destroying the middle classes we sit here right now. It's already happening. They want wealthy and poor. There's going to be people that can afford food and there's going to be people that can afford bugs. Look at the inflation right now. If it gets much higher, people aren't going to be able to afford regular food. It's not, they're not, they're not going to take it away from us. Like people think that they're just going to come and take away our guns or take away our, 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 our steaks and take away our food. No, they're going to price us out. So we can't afford it. Like we can't buy it. Like that's what they're going to do. They're going to price ammo out. They're going to price the food out. So we can't, so only the rich and wealthy can afford these kinds of meals and, and, and things like that. And we're stuck eating scraps, bugs, and rabbit food. This is what they want. And that's where it will go. If we lose this war, if we win, which I think we do. I really do. We can't go back to the old system. We can't just remove and replace. Let's just say we come in and we arrest all of these politicians that are corrupt, all the Hillary's, the Barack Obama's. We even get the Soros's, the Rothschild's. Everybody who's involved in this evil gets held accountable. That includes entertainment. That includes Congress, Senate. We're talking local governments. We are talking th- hundreds of thousands of people are getting arrested, right? Let's just take in Congress and, and politics world for a second, that small group. We arrest majority of Congress, the majority of Senate, a l- very large amount that's involved in the corruption, and we just replace them with good guys. Like, okay, we got them. We arrested them. We win. Yes. Let's put in some good guys so we know that they're good. How long till it's corrupted again? Five years, ten years, a hundred years. Eventually, somebody's going to get in there, and they're going to they're going to corrupt it, and it's going it, to it, it 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 won't be uh, good guys anymore. It'll be back to where it was. It may take some time, but it will eventually happen if it's the same system. You have to start over from scratch, especially when you're talking about arresting a large portion of Congress, large portion of the entertainment industry, CEOs of business, executives of businesses. Like we're talking about a lot of local governments. We're talking about a lot of people that are involved, medias. You can't just remove and replace. It will be corrupted again. So you have to start over from scratch based on our founding documents. And not just that. You've been going down these rabbit holes for a very long time. You know that they have technologies that we don't have access to. You're aware of this. I think a lot of those technologies are going to be revealed to us. I think 
people don't realize the impact that free energy would make. We know this is something that exists. We know that Nikola Tesla invented this. This is not something that we're pulling out of our ass and like some crazy conspiracy. This is real. We know it's, we know it's achievable. You look at ancient civilizations and you look at how they got energy and, and what we think the pyramids and all these things might actually be. Free energy wouldn't just be your house, wouldn't be your car. It would be agriculture. It would cost pennies to now grow our food, to herd our animals, to feed our animals. It would cost pennies. What's the bulk cost for our farmers? Energy costs, gas for the tractors, electricity for the water, all that. It's all energy costs. Shipping the the food all around to the different grocery stores. Sending it all over the country. Yeah. Energy costs, packaging, energy costs, right? Travel, energy costs. Everything is energy costs. That's where it all comes from. If that's out the window, there's no more energy costs. The costs of goods are going to be dirt cheap. Our dollar goes a lot longer, especially if we go back to a gold back standard, which we should be. Well, and I think this is why, you know, going back to a point we made earlier, why they want to push people into cities because, you know, that seems to be like, and, and this is coming from what I just spoke to Chris Knowles about yesterday, which I definitely think you would love to talk to him. He mentioned that, you know, it was the agricultural revolution, then this industrial revolution, and then the technological revolution. And we're starting to see those last two that I mentioned really sort of come to their ends. And we're realizing that the technological revolution was profiting you know large or or, you know lifted up largely by the industrial revolution and and that was faulty and we're gonna have to go back to that agricultural way of life i think oh 100 we need to go back to growing our own food we need to go back to simpler times there's a lot of things that we need to go back to 100 percent, or figure out better systems figure out better systems and there's ways there's some very very smart people in this world and a lot of them are silenced you know, we know about the uh, what the American Medical Association did and, and the Rockefellers did with, with doctors that have been studying medication that's been around for a thousand years. They were silenced and killed. All of them. They were removed. This is what they do. Going back as far as we can remember. So it's it's something that we have a big fight to face. And if we win this war, those technologies need to be released. Otherwise, we're going to go into straight anarchy. What's the purpose of removing all of these people? And then then it's a massive power vacuum. It's whoever's got the biggest swinging dick comes in and takes over. That's really what it is. If there's no plan for after the plan, free energy would make a massive difference, not just here in the United States, across the world. Now these people that don't have access to electricity or the Internet or, or power now do all over the world. It's free for right. everybody. It's a a world impact. We're not talking like, here's a, here's a wild theory that I want to run by you. Have you read Dr. Fauci's email? I've heard a lot relayed and paraphrased by other people, but no, I haven't read them myself. I'm guilty of that. You You should read them because in these emails, in these emails, there's an email between Fauci and a Wuhan doctor and the subject of the email, a Wuhan doctor, Wuhan scientist, I'm sorry. The subject of the email is how the virus was created. That's the subject. The very first two things in that email is HIV and COVID SARS-2. They're putting AIDS in the virus. It's how they're creating it. Well, it makes sense. 
Dr. Fauci just coincidentally happens to be the AIDS doctor. They use the same PCR test to test for AIDS. They tried the same, a lot of the same narratives that they tried with AIDS are, they're doing with COVID. They literally tried to say people can catch, children can catch AIDS from people that they know that have AIDS just from their breathing. Like he tried to say this, David Harris just shared that interview. It's hilarious, but he's the AIDS doctor, Dr. Death, PCR tests and everything do the same exact thing. In the emails, these are his emails verified by Congress. Like these are not conspiracy. Like we, we know these emails are real. Why is this email say the first thing and how the virus is created, HIV and COVID SARS too? Everyone has AIDS. So, what does HIV do? HIV doesn't kill you. HIV weakens your immune system. Right? So, usually to create a virus, or create a, va a vaccine, I'm sorry, you use the virus to create the vaccine to build up the antibodies. So, the virus has HIV. They're now creating vaccines. This vaccine probably has HIV in it. They're now shooting everybody up with HIV. It's making everybody's immune system weaker. And that's what all the research that everybody's coming out pointing towards that this is destroying people's immune system. Like there's more than enough studies coming out now showing that people's immune systems are being destroyed. Their, their, their antibodies, like even the mainstream media is admitting this, that natural antibodies are better than the jab now. Like it's now coming, all coming out. What happens when you have a weakened immune system? You get sick and die from other things. Like you don't die from HIV, you usually die from something else like pneumonia or, or something like that. You're not pumping everybody with HIV. Now, flu season comes back around. Oh, now they got the flu rona. The flu's back all of a sudden. Now people are dying from the flu, like another way to depopulate us. But I've also find it funny. I've watched a lot of Donald Trump's rallies. Almost all of them since 2018. Every single one. Every single one. Donald Trump goes up there. Oh. We're going to have some major cures to some major diseases in the next couple of years, like HIV and childhood cancer. I don't know why they didn't start HIV. It should have been started years ago, but I got it going and it'll be done pretty soon. Don't you think it's a little bit of a coincidence? He's talking about the cures of HIV out of nowhere. Like AIDS was like a dead, it's not like a big disease anymore. Like it was back in the day. But he's saying how we're going to have a cure for HIV and childhood cancer. At every single one of his rallies, this is something he repeats all the time. Now we find out 100% fact. There is no refuting that these are not Dr. Fauci's emails. These are 1,000% his emails. In those emails, there's a fucking email that says how the virus is created. Like, that's bananas. HIV and COVID SARS-2 are the first two things that are mentioned. Maybe it's just a coincidence, but maybe there's something going on behind the scenes. Maybe there's something happening, and this HIV cure is maybe a cure for the jab. All those people that got the jab. Now, that's just a, a theory, just something that I'm spitballing with, you know, but th that's the evidence as to why I'm saying it. That's what backs up what, my statement. You know, it, 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 is, is, it, could I be way off? A thousand percent. But we know that the, the emails are 100% real. We know that this is one of the emails. We know Dr. Fauci is the AIDS doctor, and we know that Donald Trump said this at every single rally. Those are all facts, 100% irrefutable facts. So what does that mean? I don't know. Maybe the fact that it could be a cure for the jab because they're now putting HIV in people's, I don't know, maybe, could be, possible. I don't think I'm way off with that theory. 
No, I don't. I don't think so. Factual evidence to support yeah. it. Again, it's a theory, but that's why I, I say that. That's the evidence that I, I use to say it. And and you see the things that are happening. I again, I don't think that we can win this war and go back to the same system. And the only way that we can move forward is if if technologies that we know exist are revealed to the human public. Imagine frequency healing was 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 exposed to the public. We know that was created. Free energy and frequency healing. Like, what are we talking about here? Like, these are things that would change the world. These are things that would take us into a, a new civilization, a new step in humanity if these things existed. Imagine if we didn't have the bills of energy bills and the costs of goods weighing us down. That would totally destroy the entire system that we have right now. The entire system that's destroying the family nucleus. It would throw a huge wrench in everything that they're doing. Why do you think that they suppress free energy from us? We know it exists. We know Nikola Tesla discovered it. This is not some crazy conspiracy. We know it's real. So why are they hiding it from us? Why don't they want us to have this? Because it destroys everything. It destroys their entire system that they've built. That's just one or two. Imagine the other things that we don't even know about that they probably have. We know that they have a heart attack gun. We know that this was back in the 70s. Like, we know they had this technology. They had the technology in the 60s to disguise drones as aircraft, as commercial airlines. They had that technology. We're now in 2022. What do you think that they have now? And if they had that in the 60s and 70s, I way better. So those are types of things that I think that we have to look forward to. But we have a long fight. It's it's not going to be easy. I think it's going to be harder before it gets better. But I do think we come out on top. I truly don't think the American public will sit back quietly and and do and 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 allow this to happen. I truly believe that we have to keep fighting, man. Wise words and well said, brother. I'm glad you said it, and I hope people are fired up. I don't know how they can't be at this point in the conversation, you know and. I meet more and more awake people every day. So your point is absolutely true. And more people reach out, you know, in this way that we're working now. I mean, what you said about this wealth gap really rings true for me. I mean, I'm really like, you know, started off on the wrong end of the middle class, you know, barely above the the lower class and it feels like there's no middle class to achieve, you know, and that at my point at this point in my life, it almost makes me feel like, you know, there's a lot of pressure from the rest of my family because they had that opportunity maybe when things were easier. And then I'm like, that's just a fucking excuse. Don't make excuses, but it's really, you know, it's true. You know, the housing market, we keep buy houses. Like most of our generation is renting. It's done by design. They don't want us to own anything. This is why BlackRock's buying up all the real estate. This is exactly why they're doing what they're doing. It's all by design. But but Mark, what we have to realize in our position, we have to realize because people are waking up at record numbers and every single day and no one's watching mainstream media, they're coming to people like us. They're coming to our show. And one of the hard things I have a hard, hard time doing is forgetting that new people are watching the show. People have just woken up. So when you have these conversations, sometimes it's hard to put yourself in their shoes and make them understand what's going on. And this is why I'm, I'm sympathetic to people that are mad at Donald Trump for, for touting the vaccine. I understand why they, they just don't see the moves as to why he'd be doing that. And 
And it, it's understandable. You know, there are a lot of people can't see all of the chess moves on the board. They can't look back and remember how things happened. And a lot of people, are, they don't see all the moves. So you have to put yourself in other people's shoes. You can't just look at it from how you see it, especially when you're trying to wake people up and you have a large audience. You have to remember that there's new people that are coming in every single day like, oh, shit, what is Mark talking about? Like, this is too crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, absolutely. I try to break things down for dummies. Like I try to, you know, line things up for, for dummies. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I feel like my uh, foolishness and humility is pretty obvious at this point in the show. So I hope that's welcoming enough for, for people. Cause as much as I do know, I realize there's still so much I don't know and so much I miss. And that's why I'm really grateful to have you on the show. Cause you're obviously in touch with a lot of the things that I'm not and all the great listeners that, chime in in the telegram that you know send little posts and keep me updated on certain things that's always welcome because yeah we can't do it alone man and yeah i'm really grateful again for everything you've shared with us here as far as solutions goes i mean geez i'm thinking maybe i might want to move to myanmar if it gets any worse seems like things are happening faster no, over no. there <laughs> we just gotta keep going to our war meetings keep going to our town hall meetings keep speaking about this stuff keep getting right. loud if there's a local protest, get involved. Don't get violent. Do not, there's no need for it. If that's what they want. They want us to get violent. Right. Um, right. Right. And I mean, you know, that kind of echoes with the Rittenhouse thing. And what are your thoughts on that before we completely wrap up here? I mean, that was a case where, you know, some people argue he was protecting people. Other people argue that he was absolutely out of line. You know, me, I'm not really sure. I'm so out of touch. I don't know the whole case front and back, but what are your thoughts? Clear, clear cut self-defense. The guy in court literally was asked by the prosecutor, by the defense, or no, it was by the prosecution. He goes, did you pull your gun out first before Kyle aimed at you or after? He said, no, I pulled it out first. The guy, the kid, the guy pulled a gun on Kyle Rittenhouse. If a guy pulls a gun on me uh, and I have a gun on me, I'm shooting first. I'm not I'm asking questions later. Right. Like I'm in a violent situation. A guy just tried to hit me with a skateboard and then pulls out a gun. I'm blasting him. I'm sorry. It's clear right. cut self, self-defense. Now, if you want to sit here and argue and say, hey, a 17 year old shouldn't be out there being asked to protect a store. That's a, that's a fine argument, which then I would say, hey, when you were 17 years old, did you tell your parents everything that you did? Or did you sneak around and say, oh, man, I'm going to go protect the store stand with it? And he, he went there with good intentions. He wanted to be a, a medic. Like he wanted to help people more than anything. And he was attacked. It was it was definitely self-defense. But it, it, he's acting really weird as of late. It seems like he's got some handlers now. That's just me personally that I, I think. And that's but, why I asked, because I definitely saw some stuff about that on uh, certain memes, but you know, you can't get your information from, from memes. You, but you, you use those as starting points as your research and start right. looking into those things a hundred percent. And it's a great way to get a point of information across with a meme, but you, you got to look into yourself and look into it yourself and research it yourself. That's a problem that we still have today. I tell people, don't take my word for it. Go and look this stuff up Go and research it yourself. Like right. I'm just some guy from New Jersey. I don't want, all I want you to do is ask the question like, yo, this crazy guy from New Jersey can't be right. I got to look into this real quick. Then you look into it like, oh shit, he, he was right. Like, this is crazy. And then you start looking at other things. Like, that's why I'm here. I'm not, I, I don't care if you think I'm a crazy lunatic. I've been told that my entire life. I don't even like being in front of the camera. I just want to get you to start asking the questions that I've been asking for decades. Our country's at stake. Our republic is at stake. Our freedom is literally at stake. Freedom of speech, our, our, our medical freedom, everything is at stake right now. And if we just sit here, sit back and do nothing, we'll allow it to happen. So get involved. Well, Stand up. 
I second that, brother, and I'm so glad you said it. Tell them where they can get involved. Tell them where they can join the fight. Yeah, like I said, go to your school or meetings. But if you want to check us out, uh, go to WPRUSA.com. You can find us on Instagram, We The People Radio, with periods in between each letter. We're on all major podcast platforms like Rumble, Apple, Google, Podbean. They took us off of Spotify and YouTube. But, uh, but yeah, we appreciate you having me in, man. It was, it was a lot of fun as always. It was Likewise. Marathon. We always do marathons, too, when I come by. Likewise, brother, and maybe I can join you for a marathon on We The People sometime soon. And if you're listening to this, folks, on YouTube or Spotify, our days are numbered here as well. So just do yourself a favor. What's that? You're going to put this on YouTube? You're going you're gonna well, to try? You I, know, I recommend you don't. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, the like I said, the podcast host automatically puts the audio version of the show out on uh, YouTube for me, and those usually, but ours, like I said, the first one got removed. So yeah, I might not risk it. I'm getting the Alex show. Everybody, everybody that I go, everybody just lost his account because I went on his show. Well, I'll so. I'll say it just for the Spotify listeners then, because there's no way for me to stop it from going to Spotify. I'm gonna put the episode out. Stop using Spotify to listen to podcasts. It's great for music, but you got to get a better app for that. There's better podcast apps. Just go into your app store and find a better one. It's not that hard. It's even smaller probably of a file. And you can download your podcast that you want to listen to ahead of time, and then you don't have to pay data or, or even Wi-Fi. So just do yourself a favor and get a podcast app if you're really that behind. But for our listeners who are up to date, go follow James, We The People Radio, Rumble seems to be the best place, and maybe Rockfin will talk to some people. I don't have much pull, but we'll see. I'll, I'll send a referral email. That's the best I could do. I'm going to be on Foxhole soon, CloudHub, so I'm looking to expand and get to other places. It's just so tough to get all the content up. Well, and that's the thing that people don't realize, you know, and it's why it's so important to support, and I'm not sure if you have a Patreon yet, but you definitely should because... We have a Gives and Go, uh, givesandgo.com slash WPRUSA. Right we have on. A we have a Patreon too. I think right it's on. Slash WPRUS on Patreon. And my point is, oh. you know, support this man because you're doing a lot of hard work and this type of work that we're doing, yeah, we're in front of a camera or in front of a mic and that seems like, oh yeah, you just talk for a little bit and then you're done and it's easy and it's fun. It's like, no, we got to put this stuff out. There's a lot of work that goes into it behind the scenes. So please support if James I, over there. At, I go, uh, if I went back to work, my show would die. I do all the editing, all the booking, right. everything by myself and if it was about money i would go back to work i was making i was in sales i was making I, that's what allowed me to do the show on my savings for two and a half years i've been doing this all for my savings and still paying bills and doing what i got to do and our our, our 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 the people that listen to our show have been truly amazing they've been supporting us they've been supporting jeremy brown macero's family that i mentioned earlier they've been donating to their cause it's it's been truly a blessing we're so thankful for them and, and all the help that we received we can't thank them enough it was it was a struggle for us to do like a, a give send go or a patreon something that we had a hard time doing but we we if if we want this show to continue we need to get some income coming and this costs us a lot spent a lot of money on our show i don't know about you i know you spent a lot of money mike's equipment being on these hosting apps being on using this zoom and everything it, it, it all costs a lot of money right Right. Um, yeah. Even, websites, all of it. It's, it's, it's incredible uh, people, you know, they take it in for free and, and they, you know, wonder why people do things that like, you know, behind paywalls and whatnot. But anyways, we won't have any information behind paywalls. Like our show will never have information behind any paywall. The information will always be free. It's just, if you want to support us, if you want to help us out, right. Uh, you know, you just, you know, rather than supporting your box store, buy from one of our sponsors or whatever, 
Um, those are other ways to, to support us, even just sending us prayers. Those go a long way as well. All the kind words, it, it really makes this so much, so much more worth it because we're fighting a, a very tough battle. It's all this negative energy that we're researching and looking into, it's very weighing on our mind and physically and mentally. I'm sure you deal with it as well. It's, it's a lot of negative, heavy stuff that we talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed, man. And that's why I always tell people to enjoy the moment wherever they are in the now. And, you know, I want to say the same to you and I know we're going to do this again soon. So thank you so much folks for listening. Go support the man James over at we, the people radio, join our fight for freedom. I'm definitely a part of it. And here we are folks, 2022. Let's see what happens next. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the moment wherever you are. another conversation with james from we the people he will definitely be back again be sure to go support him and nick and aunt at we the people radio on rumble they also have a website all of the links are in the description they also have a podcast which you can subscribe to in the app the same app that you're listening to this with and on that note If you're not aware, I'll put it in the episode description. If you're listening maybe on Spotify or somewhere else, there are third-party apps that are much better than YouTube or Apple or even Spotify that you could be using to listen to this show. And sometimes really cool shows like We The People Radio get taken off of podcast platforms like Spotify. All the more reason to use a third-party app. If you're not aware what that is, use the episode description. There are links, like I said. One of them says get a new podcasting app, and 
click on that and you will be directed to a list of apps that are integrated with the podcasting 2.0 index created by Adam Curry, arguably one of the inventors of this very art form that we are reaching you listeners through uh, the art form that is podcasting. And because Adam Curry is a proponent of free speech, he created a index of podcasts that podcast apps can use to grab podcasts without the chance of anyone getting in between, let's say, for example, me and you, the listener, because I pay to host this podcast. So I have the right to put it out as for free speech, baby. Welcome to America. And if you're listening from another country, this podcast is brought to you by the Constitution. That's right. Freedom of speech. And I know a lot of you are like, wow, that's weird. Anti-government guy talking about the Constitution. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still learning a lot. There's a lot of in-betweens. It gets complicated, but we definitely are leading a pretty good example in some cases here in the United States, but you can't say that for every state. Every state has its own constitution, so it gets a little complicated. But it does make you wonder what, how much, or rather, how similar we would look to Australia or Canada if we didn't have that Second Amendment and First Amendment. Obviously, we stand with Joe Rogan, one of the pod fathers of the podcasting industry. Uh, I don't think I would even be doing this if I wasn't aware of Joe Rogan. Um, I admit that one of the first podcasts I ever listened to was the Joe Rogan podcast. There was a couple others before that, the Stuff They Don't Want You to Know, How Stuff Works type podcasts. I definitely listened to a lot of those but there's a point in my life where I started listening to audio stuff on YouTube for whatever reason, because I was sitting at home one winter at my computer, and I was listening to Joe Rogan stuff, and I kept hearing this Eddie Bravo guy mentioning this Sam Tripoli guy. And one thing led to another, and I discovered Tinfoil Hat. Needless to say, that wasn't my first rabbit hole, but it was refreshing to see that this community, this alternative fringe that existed in my head also existed in the real world and that a badass comedian like Sam would have such an awesome podcast that reached so many people was really inspiring. It showed me that I was indeed not alone and that if a podcast like this was so popular, it meant that there are a lot of people out there, like you, the listener, who believe in the truth and believe in getting back to a sane reality where corruption and fear media manipulation are non-existent, right? Because I think we can get back to a more sane reality. I don't know if we could ever see the same world that Maybe our ancestors knew, but that's the point of being here, right? So anyways, it's a Wednesday episode. I don't have anyone to do an extended outro with, but 
I do have my buddy John Lips, who I talked to on the phone. I'm going to throw that clip in there. Because way back when, in 2012, him and I were in the same TV production class in high school, which I believe was one of these elective classes that we had the choice to to take in public school in my town. And uh, me and a bunch of my friends were in that class, and I recruited a bunch of my other friends from the wrestling team to be a part of our final project. And that final project was making our very own movie. And since we had made like a sort of similar project a couple months earlier uh, where we made a music video and I chose the song Kung Fu Fighting and since I was the only one who really cared about participating in class, I took the lead and got all my friends to be a part of the preliminary video which was this Kung Fu Fighting music video that ended up being the prequel to our final project which was an epic Kung Fu movie Filmed, written, directed, produced, starring yours truly, myself. Filmed in an abandoned warehouse in our town. Uh, I filmed it with the help of a couple of my classmates, like I said. One of them being a person you're about to hear. And a bunch of other cool dudes who, uh, I don't know if they even listen to the show. But if you do, shout out to you. Uh, I'm definitely going to send them all the link to this new remastered video because we never put music behind it. There was never any music. So it was a sad project that I never really saw to fruition uh, because in all honesty, I skipped school the day that we were supposed to uh, show our movies in front of the whole class. It also happened to be the last day of school. I was a senior and that's just what we did, rebellious seniors, I guess, in 2012. So we decided to skip our last day of school. I don't know. I guess I missed out on some memories there. But I always regretted the fact that I never put music in this kung fu movie because it was just kind of a silent movie besides the dialogue and the fight scenes. So here it is before your very eyes. Now that I have all the tools to do such a thing, I did it. So go over to the Patreon and check out this video. A bunch of you have seen it already on the Patreon. Shout out to you. Thank you for being there. Thank you for liking it. We'll see if we get enough interest in this movie. Maybe we'll do a, a sequel. John says he's interested. But either way, it's also on Rockfin as well. If you're a premium Rockfin user, check it out. We do have some free stuff on Rockfin. So if you're new to Rockfin, there are free options for you. Don't be dismayed. It's not exactly the Netflix of podcasting because Netflix doesn't have uh, doesn't have anything for free as far as I know. Uh, but there are a lot of great, great people there, as you hear Sam say all the time on Tinfoil Hat. So go over to Rockfin if you want to check out all the great content, including the Kung Fu movie that I made 10 years ago. And remastered last night. Anyways, that's about it. Like I said, don't really have anything else for this extended outro. Um, 
We also have a new offshoot podcast that I'm doing with my friend Juan from the Juan on Juan podcast who recently made his own Patreon. Shout out to Juan. He subscribed to our Patreon, so go show him some love. And our friend Chris from the Mensa podcast. The three of us are doing a podcast called Illuminati Confirmed. Nicholas Cage, where we basically digest Nicholas Cage movies and talk about conspiracies with some really intelligent people. Um, the theme is is Nicholas Cage, I guess. I don't know. We'll see. That's the theme this month. Who knows? Maybe it'll be the theme this year. Maybe it'll be the theme for the whole way of the podcast. I don't know. But Illuminati confirmed is an interesting new show that I'm doing. And we also have two Patreon shows that come out each month. So if you like the show, be sure to sign up for my podcast Patreon or the one-on-one podcast Patreon to check that out. We put a live stream out of our latest episode on Rockfin, and that episode will be airing very, very soon. So... Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening and enjoy this little short conversation with my buddy John. And yeah, be sure to go check out that Kung Fu movie. Tell me what you think. Maybe we'll do a sequel. Have a great moment wherever you are in the nap. Peace. Hello. Yo, what's good, buddy? I want to ask you a few questions. Do you mind? Uh, do I need a lawyer? You don't need a lawyer. All right. I need to ask you where you put the book, the Kung Fu book that you stole on that day when we defeated the wretched boss, Ugly. <laughs> Of course, because you were just a hired gun. But what you didn't realize was that you were hired by me, the Kung Fu champion, to take that book. And I never got it back. Do you remember? Do you recall? I do. You remember that red mask? I do. Do you remember what went down? I do. Well, I remastered the first two Kung Fu movies that we filmed into one glorious movie, <laughs> 17 minutes long. Oh, I put Did music you? behind it. I, cut, I recut it. It's beautiful. And what, <laughs> what, I, what I'm calling you about is to ask you, would you be involved in a sequel to The Kung Fu Champion Enters the Temple of Torment? I think I would. Holy shit. <laughs> you should watch. I have to. You should watch it right now just just for the just for the nostalgia. Like the part where you uh you're like somebody order pizza and wings <laughs> and you're, <laughs> and you're, you're, you're I forget what the line was now, but there was just the, oh yeah, you're like why couldn't the Kung Fu or you're like, why me? And just the look on your face. I'm like, wow, 
John was the perfect person for the role. Like you, you're not a trained actor, but on that day in Bum's warehouse, you shined like a diamond, and so did Sheedy. As a matter of fact, I think Sheedy stole the show. <laughs> oh, I, I <laughs> they're re- fucking dead. Did he say something like that? <laughs> you, wait, no. Yeah, because Ben, you're fucking dead. Ben was like, was Ben was like. But what about the Kung Fu champion? And he's like, <laughs> he's fucking dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So good. So good. I remember thinking when we were doing it, I was like, oh my God. I'm really acting here. This is, <laughs> this is good stuff. And then I watched it. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> well, that's the thing though, is it was high school it was senior year, man. I was trying to be cool, man. I skipped school, man. And uh and you're skipping school too. So we didn't really we didn't really work as hard as we should have on that movie. Uh but after I remastered it, bro, the music really really is the touch that like was missing. Like and I always said that. I was like, if only I put music behind it. And sure enough, the thought came across my mind the other day. I'm like, wow, I have all the tools necessary to remaster that movie. I wonder if I could go on uh, Facebook. And sure enough, I did, and it was there, and I downloaded it, and bada-bing, bada-boom, baby. I was wondering why the other day you liked my comment from seven years ago. <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, I was like, what, what is he doing? <laughs> So what's he up to? Ah, you caught on. You caught on. So yeah. He left a little little, little, little trail for me. Exactly. So so here we are. And and I don't know. I've sent it to a couple of my podcast friends, a couple of the listeners of the show, and they they all thought it was funny. Mm. Given, you know, they don't all know me personally, uh, I had to, it just, I couldn't relish it until I talked to you about it. So here we are. But anyways, what else has been going on? What the hell have you been up to? Shit, man. That's a bunch just working. I hear that. I'm a slave, but eventually I will have at least one day or two days off a week while I'm in my here. Yeah, well, that'll be part of the story. It'll be like, you know, you have to write that in. You work undercover as a, in the daytime and as an assassin in the used to be a pizza and wings delivery guy, but now you're a, a and you deliver a package to my house, and I look out the window at you, and I'm like, "Holy shit, it's him! He's had the book for nine years." <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know if that's the best story we can come up with, but it has some legs. We can we can figure it out. See, and well, you can because you're you're probably the one writing it. Well, no, you and hire you, me. You want to hire me as a creative executive? Well, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You were a much bigger part of it than you give yourself credit. So, what do you have to say now? <laughs> no. <laughs> Nothing, I guess. <laughs> you know about uh, sand? Who? No. I want to work that into the movie somehow. 
The conspiracy theory? You don't know. You know about it. Come on, everybody knows about it. If, if you're gonna make me the shooter, I don't want to be a part of it. No, John, come on, that's crazy. Don't you know there was no, there was never any shooter. They didn't exist. <laughs> I mean, come on, everybody knows that, John. Dude, that would be so fucking wrong that it would actually kind of be funny for some people. Right, 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 right. We have to give that clause for the audience, for all the normal people who who are going to listen to this conversation somehow. Am I recording? Oh, shit, I didn't admit it. Under Connecticut state law, you must disclose when you're recording a conversation. I just did that. You can't sue me, John. No, you, I, you can't use anything that we said before you told me that. Okay, fine. Hey, John, how's it going? Did you see that link I sent you? <clears throat> no, I didn't. I told you to stop calling me. 